right. All right. Welcome, everyone. Hi, everybody. This is going to be a very spooktacular movie boners. Very special episode. It's the most spooktacular season of the year. <laughs> I tried yeah, to make exactly. the song again, but I fucked that up. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to yeah, the show, everyone. Woohoo! It's a good time. Uh, before we get into the episode and all of the homework we have to tell you about, uh, what beer are you drinking today? Well, I'm, this one is uh, relevant if you know me well enough, I guess you could say. So it's not a spooky beer per se. It is an Oktoberfest style. But uh, if you know me and how I feel about horror films in general... I find them relaxing. Mm. I find them a little cozy. So <laughs> I'm drinking. Uh, it's from Three Nations Brewing down here in Texas. It's called okay. the Cozy Bavarian Oktoberfest. Okay. That's yeah. totally relevant. I, I know. I like it's not personal spooky, touch. But, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What about uh, you, good mine, Well, because for most of these movies maybe even all of these movies, um, it's not uncommon for your entrails to become your extrails, as they say. So I went with the Rails End Brewing Company from, where are they from? Hold on. Broomfield, Colorado. I never had right. this before, trying, trying a new one. But it's relevant because it is a blood orange two times IPA. So twice the blood Twice the IPA, it's very gory. Uh, it's got a little <laughs> eagle thing stabbing, like piercing it. some orange, blood orange. So I like it. <laughs> He's doing the psycho motion for those of you not watching the video. <laughs> it's not a creaky door in the background. Or is it ghosties? <laughs> yeah, could be, could be. All right, so a couple of things to talk about. Uh, we have a couple of guest episodes coming up. So right after yes. this episode drops, the Saturday after this episode releases, we will be on the Film versus Film podcast. It's available October 21st. Um, because Killers of the Flower Moon, Martin Scorsese's movie is coming out, he invited us on to, to essentially put a Martin Scorsese movie up against his choice of Martin Scorsese movie. We chose The Departed, and he chose Taxi Driver, which I've actually never seen. And uh, oh, really? It's one one I've been meaning to get around to. So uh, that is a very fun time. Um, excited for you to hear that one when that comes mm -hmm. out. Yeah, that should be a lot. And of fun. then, and then a couple of days after that, um, we have another guest episode coming out that Monday after on the twenty third. Uh, with the B Critics podcast, uh, and they are also very fun and very cool. Um, we are doing an episode on the Final Girls, which is one of one of my wife's like comfort movies that she just puts on all the time. So it's a very fun, which makes sense because it's a very joyful little little movie that like no yeah. one's heard slash, of, but they slash should slasher homage kind of. Yeah, yeah, good stuff. So yeah, check those excited. out. Those are basically very, bonus. This should be a good time. Bonus boners episodes. It should be a very good time. Um, and then the next episode after this one, uh, an official movie boners episode, 
comes out the Sunday before Halloween. And so we are focusing on John Carpenter, the legend, um, but specifically his triple threat movies. So there are a lot of movies that he wrote and directed and composed the music for. Uh, we'll be talking about all of those. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Carpenter. I He's have amazing. much respect for that man, as you will find out tonight or today, whenever oh. you're listening or watching this. So <laughs> <laughs> right now. Um, and then also a little fun thing to look forward to on that episode, the John Carpenter episode, we have an interview segment on there with another mm-hmm. filmmaker who has recently put out his first horror film could be the next John Carpenter. We don't know. So he did everything for his movie started it wrote it directed it uh, and it was a fun time talking to him so that will be playing uh during next episode so check that out that was a good time chatting about movies with him and his movie i very much enjoyed that as did i one thing i don't really enjoy though is the movie draft so well that's a first (laughs) (laughs) it's getting uncomfortably close um whoa the problem here the problem here is that i've had two major dives recently um Mm -hmm. expendables four shit the bed and then also (laughs) uh exorcist believer is as good as everybody thought it was going to be which is not at all good Uh, the creator (laughs) the creator is good uh but also not getting the box office i thought it would which is crazy yeah yeah uh it's basically tied with saw x at this point which is better than expected um and then what everybody really wants to know though is how huge is paw patrol the mighty movie and the answer is bigger than both saw x (laughs) and the creator (laughs) bigger than i anticipated I looked at like, oh, I wonder what's that like number one at the box office and it's Paw Patrol. And I was like, what? <laughs> That's, yeah. What? <laughs> they weren't joking when they called it the mighty movie. It is a mighty, it's, mighty it's, movie. It's doing a number out there. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, with Exorcist coming out, which I knew was going to be bad, even though I drafted it, um, I only have two more movies this year which are trolls three and the color purple i forgot about the color purple (laughs) yeah it comes out on christmas so i only have a week of box office for that so right now i'm nine thousandths of a point ahead in the imdb rating and all right 383 million in the box office so right. that is not great, considering you have a. Oh no! <laughs> what do you mean? Oh no! <laughs> I'm I'm fine with how these results are starting to trickle no. in. No, um, I don't. I don't appreciate it, especially with the Marvels coming out, I mean, a Marvel movie, the fucking Hunger Games prequel coming out. I don't you know have if people will like a lot of shit this year, my friend. <laughs> so, I mean we'll see what happens we'll see we'll see there knowing my be... trend every one of my picks coming up are all gonna tank and just be the absolute worst way to conclude a year <laughs> yeah uh, 
So you might have a shot still. <laughs> and uh, th- there might be a movie in the wings that just rushes in at the last minute with a steel chair. Hopefully. I hope that Shut the fuck up. No, that would be won't. nice. <laughs> you don't know. Uh, so, yeah. That's that's where right. we're at with that. All right. It's well, getting close. What, what uh, new movies or new things have you been watching? Um, I've watched almost all of Love is Blind on Netflix, which is a reality dating show. <sighs> this is a guilty pleasure of mine. <laughs> um, it had been a while since you've brought that show up. And... <laughs> it's been a while since they released new episodes, but here we are. Um, <laughs> but ser- in all seriousness, though... I- I know I watched something, but I actually didn't write it down. I I was going to say I didn't watch anything, but then I realized today I had seen something. I don't remember what it was. All right. So I don't think I've seen anything that I can recall yet. Oh, all right. All I right. pulled a U, and as you've been Good. doing. <laughs> Good. <laughs> About time. Yes. What Influencer. About you? Um. Well, I got a few things watched. Only one of them is actually new, but the other two were new to me. Um, So there is this weird little indie film that no one's like ever heard of. Uh, It's like a comedy horror kind of movie about a pizza delivery boy who gets murdered and the investigation that happens around it. Well, investigation is used loosely uh there is no real investigation but it's a silly little film it's called slice it's on hbo if i remember right you can find that on hbo at the moment um if you like quirky stupid kind of funny in a bad b movie style way this movie was enjoyable i really enjoyed it Uh, It's about this town where, like, they've divided this town. Ghosts, werewolves, witches, all of the spooky things and and horror are real in this world. Okay. And so ghosts have jobs, witches try to stay (laughs) secret. And werewolves, well, there's only one werewolf they talk about, and he drives a moped. So, (laughs) (laughs) but it, it was a, it was enjoyable. I, I had fun watching that one. Um, And then I finally, after so many years and so many times that you have mentioned this movie, whether it's on the show or just in normal conversation, you do tend to bring up the movie as above, so below quite often. This very week, I was hoping, I was like... I talk about this movie on this show so much. And I was debating <laughs> if I put it in my list or not for this very reason. And then I was also like, I can't believe Dustin still hasn't watched this movie because I have praised it. And, and well, here you are. I, I realized here I am. I, I, I finally sat down into reality. At this point you, you did. It's whatever that's anyways, I watched it, it. and I, did enjoy it. You are correct. You knew I was going to enjoy it. I very much enjoyed it. Um, being the kind of person who is like 
I'm trying to think of how to not spoil stuff in it. Mm -hmm. I kind of knew what was going on and that made the movie way more enjoyable for me where it was like, Oh, this is, they're doing this really well. Actually, this is Mm -hmm. cool. I really like this. This is interesting. Uh, yeah, way better than what IMDb claims it to be. Like, yeah, that was way more enjoyable. Very well made. So kudos to you, Jake. You were correct. I enjoyed it. Thank you. I feel validated. Yeah, I should. That's exactly why I feel like if you watch it on multiple times, then you get more out of it because you do. Then you know what's going on and you kind of yeah. can pick up more. Oh, why exactly is this happening? And what does it mean? What is the meaning yeah. behind that happening to them? Or what? effect does that have on the my uh i started having suspicions about it and was like well this this feels really familiar and when it ended being who i am hit up Mm -hmm. all the fun trivia and tidbits about it and was like oh i was right oh i was right (laughs) so yeah very enjoyable um and then i did go and see the creator So, Jake, have you noticed I've been kind of quiet every time you bring up the creator when you're like, this is my most anticipated movie of the year? Yes. Yeah, because I was not excited for it. Really? Really. I did not think. What was it about the promotion that didn't grab you or turned you off even? It just didn't seem interesting to me. I thought, ooh, the CGI looks really good, but this just doesn't. It wasn't grabbing me. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I went and watched it. And I did not like it. I know I'm in the minority, but I thought like mm-hmm. there is not much to cheer about in this movie. And I totally get it. Yeah. Many people are going to love it. We will get into the details of why I did not <laughs> after you watch it, uh, yeah. because I can't share any details, but I was like, yeah, <laughs> it ended okay. and I was like, first one out of the theater, which no one was in. It was me and like three other people. Um, <laughs> that is what the box office numbers are indicating. But I also kind of put that up to like, I went in the middle of the day. Yeah, So sure. school's in place. No one else is going to a movie. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I was not a fan. I thought. Acting was good. The CGI is really good. Yeah. And that's about where it ended for me. I was like, I am not the target audience for this movie at all. All right. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I'm curious. Uh, I see it tomorrow and we'll see what I think. Hopefully it's not a Bo is afraid situation where you're completely right. And (laughs) I, I left thinking I could see Jake going either way with this movie like i was really confident that you were gonna hate bo is afraid almost as much as i did um this one i could totally see you going either way i could actually see you loving it and then re-watching it or just thinking about it you could i could see you starting to be like oh wait oh Mm -hmm. wait okay (laughs) never mind but i don't know we'll find out we'll find out okay (laughs) Yeah, another fun <laughs> thing to bring up is uh, after our Film versus Film Scorsese episode, we're also going to be sticking around to record a, um, a spoiler episode about the creator. So that's why we're both yeah. seeing it. Um, 
And so we will be talking in detail about that. But I'll let you know, spoiler free, next episode, what I thought. So you can know if Dustin was right or wrong in the end. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Is that all you saw? Yeah. Yeah, I remember the thing that I remember the thing that I saw um, that I wanted to bring up that I didn't write down, which is good because I enjoyed it. I just forgot I enjoyed it. Um, I saw the first episode of The Continental, which is the three part series thing. And it's pretty good. Uh, It's definitely interesting. I think that it's I'm interested to see where it goes. I haven't watched the second or third episode. I think it's all that's all there is. It's a limited series. Yeah, there's only three Um, episodes for it. I'm I really like having Mel Gibson in it. I wish he was in the actual movies because that would have been incredible um but he's he's good so far i hope that he's in a lot more of it i don't yet see uh winston in the younger version of winston at least in jane's version um but maybe that will come i hope uh but i the best part is of course the action is good the action is on the on the level and then also um the lore is the best part of course seeing The stuff they do with the high table, the stuff they do with the um, Inquisitors and stuff. It's just, it's interesting. And I want more of that world building um, straight in my veins. So I'm here for it. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. I forgot that came out. <laughs> All right. Yeah. yeah. I forgot I a lot of things came so out. I was like, oh, oh. like Gen uh, V, the boys oh, spinoff yeah. on Prime that already released i i'm super stoked for that because they're supposed to be characters they have not brought in to the boys yet from the comics that are supposed to feature in the series okay i think i'm still a season so i'm I'm excited okay well there's there's a couple specific characters that i'm like i have no clue how you can Mm -hmm. even approach bringing this character into the show because of how gross they are in the <laughs> comics but apparently one of them is there <laughs> okay so i'm curious to see how he is rewritten i would imagine so <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe not hmm. all right uh i think that's all the housekeeping stuff i believe you are right sir i believe you're cool. right so let's get into it we're doing oh, our top 10 horror movies of all time again um again. if you're a long time listener we did do our top 10 horror movies a long time ago uh over 100 episodes ago in the very beginning two years ago and the audio was not that great so we decided to re-record uh, it in our current semi-professional setup and also uh our my list at least has changed quite a bit, partly because I've seen new things that I fell in love with and partly mm-hmm. because some of the things I had seen before that was either lower on the list or an honorable mention before got moved up because I've just I've kept thinking about it. It's grown on me more and more and it, I just right. love it more than I did before. So it, there's a lot of surprises, even if you uh, listen to that old episode. So I... I made it a point to not go back and look at the original or my original list. Um, Cause I, I was like, I don't want mm-hmm. that to influence how I make my, this new one. Um, my, 
my gut tells me it might be pretty close to the original one uh with a few <laughs> a few shifts around and i'm like does that mean i'm consistent or <laughs> what um i will yeah, say like, my like... honorable mention list is far too long <laughs> so i'm kind of chalking up my top 10 to be a lot like our top all time mm -hmm. uh films of like i guess this is my top 10 as of right now or if it is as close to the original list i guess it's a little longer than that but i yeah. i really struggled making this list man this was really really tough for me and yeah i'm i'm not gonna lie i'm pretty confident with my top 10 right now but <laughs> It still could shift, possibly even during the episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was telling you before we started recording, I've been tinkering up until the final minutes, um, <laughs> just adding things in, moving things around, re-watching trailers. I'm like, I know I just watched it, but I just need to refresh. Do I? How, how do I feel? Where am I at with this? So it's right. very difficult. I also wrestled with picking my favorite horror movies because there are some that are horror movies, but I also consider like more like monster movies and, or they're not that scary, but they have horror elements. I've, I've been, I've been in my head way too much. I think is mm -hmm. the problem because I've also been on Instagram and I've seen people debating what is really a horror movie and what is not. I've seen people saying hereditary is not a horror movie and and I'm confused by everything anymore. Uh, and I don't know if you have like a definition of a horror movie because there's there's crossover between horror and thriller and suspense and well, that's all that's of the joy things. of of horror is it it's kind of like the melting pot of every genre. I mean, you could look at Resident Evil, like we talked about on the Final Girls episode where yeah. that actually could be considered just a straight action franchise, but it's still technically in a horror because of the monsters and the zombies and the yeah. gore. Um, yeah. I'm still trying to figure out why people claim hereditary is not horror. Um, yeah. They're like, this scientific... is more of, a, more of a family drama with some light supernatural aspects. Light my ass. Have you not <laughs> seen the last act of that film? Oh, uh, I have. The funny I thing about it. those people trying to debate that is science already claimed it to be like the most scary <laughs> film ever made because of people like the heart palpitations and shit mm. that it was causing people when it first released. So yeah. science says, fuck you. Uh, <laughs> it is a horror film. <laughs> Uh, we had our own little debate about this recently because I was saying that Annihilation is a scary movie, and you said it's not a horror. You did movie. say that. It's. And, I think. And it's, I said it is not. The more that you yeah. think about it, and the more that you understand it, it's scary and horror horrific, and there are scary things in it. It's definitely sci-fi leaning. But you can have a sci-fi horror movie like Alien or whatever. Right. I would say it's more on the sci-fi aspect of stuff. Like, it... 
it doesn't make a whole lot of sense when I say it out loud, but for some reason <laughs> I can kind of lump Annihilation in with uh there's this older film from like the late nineties, uh with Johnny Depp. It's called The Astronaut's Wife. Um Okay. Where people had claimed that movie was like very scary, but it's very just it's just a sci fi film with some mm. thriller elements. I kinda chalk annihilation in with that where it's just i can see why people claim it to be scary or have horror parts uh mm -hmm. i'm pretty positive people really focus in on the bear for that kind of yeah. part um the bear's cool bear, the bear and the lighthouse parts are the scariest to me i see the lighthouse to me is the most sci-fi part of the whole film like yeah, it's just an interesting take on that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I don't, I don't consider Annihilation scary at all. Now, granted, and, and you had to <laughs> yeah, tell our friends the, at B Critics. <laughs> yeah, do you consider any of the movies that I am not scary? Not even a little bit. <laughs> Literally, so Jake, so when I really when I made my my list. <laughs> I was like, okay, let's see what kind of style of horror that I've got. Like, what's what's my mix? Like the the fun, yeah. silly, entertaining, just enjoyable, the super disturbing, gross, like you. Um and I found myself out of ten movies going fun, 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 fun. <laughs> well, that one's disturbing. Fun, 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 fun. And I was like, oh. Okay. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. yeah. I don't I get scared by the do, I tried to do ones that I felt at least at some point scared by or deeply moved by. Not like scared, like actually scared, but scared in the sense that it made me, I don't know, ponder it and feel dread or feel feels something that's why i like horror movies a lot even though i don't get like terribly t like afraid of them and i don't feel like i get the adrenaline rush that some people get and that's why they like it because it's like mm -hmm. it makes you jump or whatever i don't really get that i just i like the different emotions that it makes you feel and if you can put yourself in their shoes and feel the tension i guess that's different than every other kind of movie out there. And that like, you're yeah. right that that definitely has all of the elements of there's really funny parts and really action and gory parts and all like it can have everything. Even romance can be in there. Oh, hundred um, percent. So I, I think it's a great genre. It's an amazing genre. Um, yeah, I just, it, it's weird for me because none of the movies on my list are scary to me um there's one on my list that did affect me while watching it uh it'll come as no surprise which one that is uh, but for me like when i watch horror i tend to not hold too much against it unless it's made by david gordon green these days fuck you um <laughs> or eli roth <laughs> or eli roth Eli Roth's problem is he just gets so caught up in being as gross and gory that he completely mm -hmm. 
abandons what makes horror so enjoyable, which is like this is the, point. the investigations or the tension or, you know, just the suspense aspect of it can be more enjoyable than the actual gore. Yeah. Uh, and you can do overdo it with gore. I, you really can. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. I just, I go for, how does the movie, when the end credits roll, am I like giggling with just, that was awesome. If a horror film makes me mm. feel that way, I'm like, yeah, I'm a fan. Like bring on the yeah. cheese fest, bring on the silliness. I'm for it. Unless you take beloved characters and storylines and completely destroy them again. Fuck you, David <laughs> Gordon Green. Um. <laughs> yeah, that's the one like thing, even though it's hurting my draft and it might lose me the belt. I'm so content that Exorcist sucks and David Gordon Green sucks and that Halloween may be moving on to another studio like that brings me a little joy. Yeah. Yeah, when I found out A24 is like the top bidder or whatever for mm -hmm. the franchise, I was like, that could be cool. But I almost feel like we don't need another Michael Myers reboot. Like, yeah, just leave us with what we've got. We can ignore this most recent trilogy mm -hmm. and just have fun with the shitty sequels, the Rob Zombie reboot. And the amazing first three. So yeah, just leave us with that. Just leave us with that. <laughs> yeah. I, I noticed why I have an interesting trend in my list, which is that almost all, most, the vast majority of my picks are either the first or second film from that filmmaker. And, and a lot of them are the same oh, really? director. Um, and so I'll, I'll be pointing that out. This, huh. It was actually, as I was looking them up, I was like, I can't believe that's their first movie. That's amazing. Um, and right. then you should also know, because you've been calling me out on it recently, I have <laughs> no sci-fi movies on my list. <laughs> for one. <laughs> and I also did not put hereditary on my list for two because you basically banned me from putting it on my list. I didn't ban you from bringing up hereditary at all. You do bring you're it like, up. You're not going to put hereditary on your list. Are you? And I was like, maybe. <laughs> and you're like, it was in my top 10 all time. Very high. I think I had it. Number three still yeah. do still stand by that. So yeah. obviously it's my favorite horror movie of all time. So right. everybody would know that and everybody should know that. So I did want to include some other things that are more interesting. I have things that are a couple things that are mainstream and a more than a couple things that are not. And that I think are good recommendations, especially as we're in the Halloween season. So that's where we're at. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. My, my list is just movies that I, I either find myself returning to several times some of them aren't wouldn't be considered on any realm like mainstream. This is filmmaking. A, a handful of them, I'm sure people would be like, really? Yes, really. Mm -hmm. They're enjoyable. They have like they touch on some of the best aspects of the genre and they have fun mm -hmm. with it. So, yes, my like my beer, 
these are these are comfy movies to me. These are the ones for mm-hmm. like stressful day. Pop one of these on, and it's like listening to metal for me, where it's just like ah. Oh. Peace yeah. and serenity. And now people think I need help. As there's chainsaws and screaming. <laughs> and guts and screaming. Yeah. And yeah. Um, I love this genre. Okay. Like right out the gate, everyone that knows me should know. I adore the genre. I cherish this genre. I know, Jake, you know me probably the best. You know how much I watch horror and just love it. And kind of like, I was explaining to my daughter because she asked me why I love this, these movies so much and constantly watch them and telling her like, dude, like when you go from being afraid of everything to like using these movies to kind of help you, not even help, but bust Mm. through that, like they, they kind of connect with you permanently from then on. They're a part of you. So I love these movies. Love it. (laughs) So do you want to go first? Sure. Turn the others to you. I can go first. All right. So we've talked a bunch already about our lists are like, man, we've been tinkering with this so much. Um, Mm -hmm. My number 10 is one from, from a pretty prominent name, especially in the genre. Uh, but this is one that I think got mocked and forgotten of his, but I think it's his most enjoyable or just flat out like entertaining of all of his mm-hmm. movies. Um, it's super silly and that's what makes it so much fun, but I'm obsessed with this movie. I, I watch it constantly. Uh, but James Wan's vision when it comes to horror is very unique, but at the same time, it's such a great, callback to classic horror tropes or just styles uh, you can see all the influence from like Hitchcock, Hitchcock's in his stuff which is always fun for me uh, but this one when you take like lore in a small town that's like kind of spooky just by nature and then you add <laughs> wooden puppets like ventriloquist dolls and for the fans of old school goosebumps it's like having you know i just forgot his name but having the doll from goosebumps but a whole movie kind of using that that style very joyful for me very very fun so dead silence is my number 10 it is such a like it's just it's so silly but the the lore Uh this whole like ghost story that he created for this movie is just a blast. And I, I watched it on a like, well, this movie's going to suck. I'll probably hate it, but let's see what it's about. That was years ago when it first came out. And <laughs> I think I watch it several times a year. <laughs> it's just oh, one. Wow. It's, it's one that I, I just return to every time. And I wasn't going to have it on the list at first. But the more I thought about it and trying to make this list, I was like, you know, I I owe this movie the credit to just be like, I watch you all the time. You're you're just you have to be one of my favorites. I wouldn't watch you that much if you weren't. So Dead Silence, <laughs> it's just a good one. <laughs> I've never heard of this movie. And 
I'm very intrigued because it's the movie that James Wan made right after Saw. Yeah. And he co-wrote it with Lee, Lee Wanell, the same guy he wrote Saw with, which is very interesting. And has Donnie Wahlberg and like, it's a, kind of like a yeah. soft fan continuation movie. Looks it, like. It's like, it's, it's just a good, like, it's a good horror film. They create this really cool, like lore for the town. That's that the movie takes place in. The backstory is really interesting. Um, mm-hmm. And it's clever. It actually is a clever movie. He does really fun tricks with the filmmaking, with the jump scares, with just the the atmosphere of the film itself. I love it. Absolutely love it. You're saying all the right things. I love movies that are very <laughs> clever. I love movies with a lot of lore. Uh, this sounds right up my alley. Mm-hmm. Okay, I will check it out immediately. And I will not <laughs> wait five years or whatever to see it like you did with As Above, So Below. <laughs> I was like, Jake will be so proud of me. And I here you so are proud. giving me shit, but I earned it, so it's <laughs> yeah. okay. It didn't redeem you, but I am proud of you. <laughs> um, my number 10, like you, this spot especially was very contentious because it's the last one to make it onto the list. And so a lot of things were in it at various times. But the one that I stuck with to the end is maybe a surprise. I think that this movie is not as, I think, as to get the... Uh, prestige that a lot of other movies get partly because it's a Netflix movie and it wasn't like a theatrical release. Right. Um, and I have two of those on my list actually. So, but at number 10, I have bird box, which Ooh. I remembered really, really liking. So I rewatched it and I was like, God damn, this movie's good. Like it's really good. <laughs> and God it's good damn. for a lot of different reasons. Obviously, we love Sandra Bullock, and she's amazing. Oh, so much. And to have her in a horror movie is just the best thing ever. The cast is stacked, not just with her, but especially John Malkovich. He's mm-hmm. amazing in this movie. And uh, and Sarah Paulson is her sister. All of the other like side characters are great, um, except maybe Machine Gun Kelly. I didn't realize he was in this movie. Oh, I forgot but, he uh, was in that. Ah. Why does he, he have is. to ruin everything? What a douche. He has like two lines. It doesn't really matter. And he, he <laughs> looks like a douche, so you can kind of just assume he is and it works. But I love the... It shares a lot in common with Night of the Living Dead, I was realizing, because we talked about that recently, mm-hmm. and I was watching this, and it's the same sort of thing where a massive apocalyptic type event happens, a girl and her partner kind of get rushed towards this house with a bunch of strangers and you learn a lot about what's happening to them and what's happening in the world through the TV and the radio and stuff. Um, It's just like an updated, totally refreshed way without being too obvious that they're stealing those things from it. Um, Which I really like as a fan of that movie, obviously. And then I, I think it's such an effective device to have, not be able to see the monsters to put the audience in the shoes of the people in the movie the characters that you can't see these things because if you do then something will happen and you will go crazy and want mm-hmm. to kill yourself and and maybe even love it and want to kill other people uh, as well and so it's just there's so many things about it that's so effective and so scary 
and so well thought out and executed. And then there's also a ton of heart in the movie with Sandra Bullock and her pregnancy and her giving birth and then and then having this kid and trying to get it through the apocalypse and having another kid brought in and trying to get him through the apocalypse. It's just really, really good. And so I was like, this movie is better than expected, better than remembered. And so it needs to get some love. And I had to have it on my list. I respect that. I respect that. I remember it came out. It was like huge when it released on Netflix. Mm -hmm. It was all over everything. Very, very memeable. Yeah. And, and then people started trashing on it. I talked to so many people that were like, that movie blows. And I was like, well, I don't know if I should watch it now. I was like, I mean, I didn't actually think that, but I was thinking like, okay, so what makes it so bad? And yeah. I remember finally sitting down to watch it. And my my kind of mentality going into it was like, oh, they're just trying to follow in the footsteps of a quiet place but instead of making noise now you can't see right. so ooh. it's like oh it's another sense uh, right. deprivation like, horror movie yeah. let's see what we're doing um and i remember when it ended just being like why aren't people liking this movie this was well mm. well made like this deserves to be seen this is a good movie why aren't people enjoying it but teach their own mm. teach their own I'm sure, sure I'll get lots of questions of how can you say dead silence is an amazing film. And then you just said the creator kind of <laughs> sucked. And I'm like, I just, <laughs> <laughs> that's how things work. That's how things work, man. I'm just not that target audience. I respect that pick Jake. That's a good pick. I kind of forgot about bird box. I should rewatch. I know that. it's easy to do. It's one of those movies. You're like, Oh yeah, I like that. I should have watched yeah, that. Again. I should rewatch it. Um, all right. Well, my number nine, I feel like I probably shouldn't say too much about it because it's one that's going to get featured in our next episode of October. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> sure. So I'll try to keep it brief. Uh, but my number nine has stuck with me since I worked at that video rental store and a coworker told me about it, convinced me to watch it. Uh, mm -hmm. This movie has just... I can never get it out of my head, which is funny because if you've seen the movie, you're like, that's kind of what the movie's about is not getting the <laughs> stuff out of your head, uh, or at least that's an aspect of it. But in the mouth of madness, uh, it is by John Carpenter. I told you he was going to show up. Um, <laughs> it's inevitable. It is inevitable. Um, this is just such. I can't believe more people have not seen this movie, especially fans of the genre. Sam Neill plays this like insurance fraud investigator kind of guy who gets hired to go and find this author who has vanished out of thin air. And mm -hmm. the author happens to be this highly acclaimed, prolific horror genre writer who outsells everybody. He's the top game. It takes a lot of I, a lot of inspiration from like a mixture of Stephen King and H.P. Lovecraft. Like it mixes both of that okay. those worlds into this one 96 minute film uh, that has scenes in it where you're just like, this is bonkers. What the hell? This <laughs> came out in like 93. What the hell? It's so yeah. good. It's so cool. It's so much fun. 
but the weirdness of it, especially if you like HP Lovecraft in the mouth of madness is like, it is probably as close to getting an HP Lovecraft story, like a good one yeah. put on the big screen. It's as close as we're going to get unless someone actually makes Cthulhu, which no one has for some reason, uh, get on that writers who are no longer on strike. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah what have you been doing this whole time come on now uh but yeah so in the mouth of madness is my number nine yeah it's a movie that you've brought up on the pod once and it was a while ago might have been a hidden gem or something it's the first time i had really heard about it and so i wrote it down and have been meaning to watch it yeah. and i'm excited to do it for our john copper episode finally because i have to um and so i cannot wait to talk about it after i see it then yeah it'll be nice to actually uh, my number talk nine. about it when i get that opportunity <laughs> <laughs> yes so check out next episode if you want to hear more about that movie uh my number nine is a movie that you briefly mentioned at the end of last episode because the main character in it is one of your honorable mentions in the final girls episode and it was very difficult for me to not chime in and give away the fact that i uh, also love this movie and will have it on my top 10 horror list yeah so my number nine is the house of the devil from ty west and of course samantha is the final girl in that yep yep it's uh if you like if you liked uh x or pearl or you're excited about maxine and you like the ty west written and directed by movies um you should definitely check out the house of the devil because it's one of his first movies. I think it's his first big major. I think it was uh, his first feature. like feature. Yeah. I think so too. Yeah. And, uh, and it is very obviously a love letter to seventies and eighties horror movies. Mm -hmm. Like it takes, I feel like all of those horror movies, like, like the John Carpenter ones, like Halloween or whatever, they, they tried something and a lot of them tried things and they didn't work, but some of them tried something and it kind of accidentally worked. House of the Devil kind of takes the things that worked and makes an intentional movie using all of those things. Yeah. So it feels very familiar in its long shots and slow building tension and and just following this college girl around as she's struggling to make money, struggling to get an apartment, all this stuff. Um, <laughs> move out from her roommate who's having sex all the time and so she's the right. <laughs> quintessential final girl virgin all that good stuff um it has greta gerwig as her friend um people are who are fans of greta gerwig now after barbie um should check it out for that not in it a lot but it's a fun little oh hey that's greta gerwig moment yep. um and the house of the devil is just one of those movies that it builds tension very slowly throughout uh, the first half or so. And then when you least expect it, it shit just pops off and you're like, <laughs> Oh my God, I wasn't ready for this. I don't, I was kind of lulled into a piece of like, Oh, this is kind of like the, you're building tension, but it's also kind of beautiful and peaceful and slow and nice. It, I could fall asleep. Pretty quiet movie. <laughs> Until it's, not, and <laughs> Up until it's dying. not. Up until it's not. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's just, it's a simple movie. And I think that's why I like it so much. That it just follows this girl who gets a babysitting job. And the couple is kind of nice. 
kind and, of, and things are just weird know, after that. Uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> There's an awkwardness or a weirdness or, but maybe they're just awkward and maybe they're not going to kill you. You don't really know. And uh, yeah. Uh, so I just love it. And then I love how it, it just escalates so quickly and, mm-hmm. and goes to places that you didn't quite expect. You're like, this is way more fully formed than I anticipated with this very simple yeah. beginning. And, and uh, so it, it's very, I think, well thought out and I just enjoy it every time. So house of the devil 2009, check it out. I, uh, I've been a fan of Ty West for a while. Um, I think the yeah. first one that I really paid attention to, he had this movie called The Innkeepers. It's about yeah. this hotel that's going out of business. It's its final week, and uh, the two clerks decide to spend the final week like doing a paranormal investigation. Or the final night. Sorry, it's the final night to do a paranormal mm-hmm. investigation. There's this like ghost story associated with the hotel. And I love that movie so much. And that was one where it was like, okay, let's see what else Ty West has done. Uh, and I've been watching this stuff since. I And House of the Devil was... That one really, it's a special movie. It's so jacked up, <laughs> but it's a special movie. Uh, yeah. But I think Ty West, I think he deserves more acclaim than what he's given. And I kind of can't believe he hasn't blown up to be like... Yeah the next James Wan or, or whoever. Um, That's exactly what I was going to say. But I think his eye for the tricks and stuff for the genre is right up there with all the masters that have been doing it for years. I think he just gets it. I think he has fun with it. And I, mm-hmm. I kind of have to respect him for staying small. Kind of. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. it gives him a little more control on what he's making. I mean, the success of X and Pearl, and I'm sure Maxine is going to be another yeah. success under his belt. He'll probably start getting bigger projects now. But check out Ty West stuff. It's just good. It, it really is. Yeah, it's very cool. Very small. Well, my number eight is the first super obvious OG like heavy hitter because <laughs> I can't have this kind of list without some heavy hitters, uh, some obvious, like no shit, Sherlock kind of, kind of hitters. But, uh, I will never deny how much I love Freddy Krueger. Um, nightmare on Elm street. <laughs> the original is just, it is one of those movies, dude. Every time I watch it, I don't stop smiling throughout the entire mm-hmm. movie. Wes Craven, like genius. Freddy Krueger is just, he's, he's awesome. He's so much fun to like watch and hear him, you know, tell his victims, like, I'm going to kill you, bitch. Like the amount of times he calls people bitch in the whole franchise is, it's hilarious. But (laughs) that first nightmare is special. I, I always respect when it came out, it was so new and weird and, I I kind of wish we did that episode of like being able to see a film for the very first time, you know, yeah. kind of forget and then go back. This is one I wouldn't want to necessarily forget, but I think it would be so much fun to go back when it first released and be able to watch the audience react to it for the first time because it has some freaky shit in it. 
my daughter was asking me about some of the stuff in it because she always the way I talk about it, I think she's thought that it's a comedy. And then I started telling <laughs> like, her about, it's amazing. Like, <laughs> it's so fun. It's hilarious. Right. It tells people bitch. <laughs> and, and I was telling her about a couple of the kill scenes and she just looked at me. And she goes, oh, my God, they show that. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I was what like, is wrong right. with you? Maybe it's not as funny as I remember or like portray it to be, but, <laughs> but that original one, it's just, I think there is a very specific re or like a very good reason why it has stood the test of time, especially for this genre, which is constantly mm-hmm. trying to outgross, outgore, outscare, whatever predecessor, you know, the, the movies have. Mm-hmm. But you always come back to Freddy. Freddy's just, he's always like, you watch the original one and you're just, this is just well made. This is just a good film. So mm-hmm. I love Freddy. Nightmare on Elm Street is amazing. <laughs> I meant to say it last episode because you had, uh, you mentioned it on the Final Girls episode. And I was like, nodding a little how long and going, yeah, uh-huh, yeah, uh-huh. But, in all honesty, I have never seen the, any of the Nightmare on Elm Street movies. I'm kind of not and, shocked. <laughs> okay. Well, that's good. <laughs> um, I, I feel bad about it because I know that it's one of the legendary ones up there mm-hmm. with Friday the 13th and Halloween, and I've seen those. I just haven't seen those, that one. And I also feel bad because I do love Wes Craven. But I, I just... I don't have the history with horror that you do. I have mm-hmm. like, I didn't see scream until 10 years ago. And Christy right. was like, Oh my God, you haven't seen scream. We need to watch <laughs> right away. I just assumed that it, all of these movies were like the cheesy nineties, eighties horror movies that everybody's like, Oh yeah, they're fine. They're fun, but they're not like amazing. And then I watched scream. And I was like, Oh my God, it's amazing. And so I'm sure that will happen with, <laughs> Nightmare on Elm Street too, because I do think that Wes Craven's a genius and I have liked everything I've ever watched. The people under mm-hmm. the stairs is like, this is way better than anybody gives it credit for. Oh, a hundred percent. That one was on our hit. One of our hidden gem episodes. I think we both had that one on. I think That's so. That's great. Yeah. So I need to, I owe it to cinema to watch it at some point. It's true. It's true. You really do. It's just, it's so <laughs> It's just enjoyable. And the stuff he pulled off during that time period is like, mm-hmm. this is fantastic, it, especially with like practical effects and being forced to figure out how mm-hmm. they're going to do some of the effects. That is just like, that is, that's going to trigger you. And you're going to be like, that is awesome. Holy crap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I should do that. I'll do that. I'll do that this uh october this spooky season that will be my homework to do it's a good one uh well my number eight is also my maybe obvious first obvious uh pick because i do talk about all the time you're obviously aware that i'm a fan of this franchise and of this movie and so it is on my list um my number eight is saw particularly the original but i do like all of them Mm-hmm. Um, I was thinking recently because socks is coming out and I was like, I should rewatch them because I don't r- quite remember like six and seven, like at the later years. Um, but I like 
I, I've been defensive on Instagram recently about Saw because a lot of people will be like, it's just gore porn or whatever. Yeah. And it is, it is intentionally forcing people to do things in these traps or do or make the decision to do things to their own bodies in order to survive. And that is very uncomfortable to watch a lot of times. Um, so I get why they say that there is a, a aspect of that. But the reason I like it is because there's more to it. There's a whole nother level of actually a rich story and deep motivation and very scary moments, honestly, with Jigsaw's motivation of not killing anybody ever that yeah. he will kidnap them. Yeah, that's illegal, but it's not, you know, they're not. <laughs> dying from it um he will kidnap them and then put them in a situation because he knows for whatever reason that they've kind of been throwing their life away and he thinks that life is precious and they should either get on with it and move on if they don't really care about their life or learn to actually appreciate the life they have and then gives them the opportunity to uh make that decision or earn their freedom back and generally in a very terrible way but <laughs> that i think that's the best part and the first movie is crazy good my only reason for having it a little lower is that i don't adore the editing choices in it there's a lot of epileptic cutting and things that happens that is yeah. kind of abrasive and so i don't watch it all the time but i do enjoy it when i watch it um <laughs> But the rest of it, everything that happens, the flow of the movie, the performances from Carrie Ells and Danny Glover and several actors from Lost, um, which I love seeing them pop in, it's great. It has one of the greatest stories and endings and, and flows. Um, the the kidnapping scenes with the, whether it's in the... I was going to um, say the, the, uh, the dark the apartment. Park. I remember watching the dark apartment uh, scene yeah. in the closet watching that in the theater and being like oh this is intense like i wasn't scared but it was like mm -hmm. oh this is oh this is why yeah. we don't like the dark houses this, <laughs> it has nothing to do with supernatural shit it's like i still remember the very first time i watched it and i didn't see it in a the theater but i saw it on dvd and that scene when the lights go out and he doesn't have a flashlight and he uses the flash on yeah. the camera to light the room and you just have like a flash of light and then whatever image that like lit up is kind of burned in your mind and you're like did i see anything did i not see anything i don't really <laughs> <Right>. know <laughs> that i just remember like you breathe way more shallowly the whole time you just mm -hmm. you'd have that i don't know i guess it's fear building up in you and it, that's the first movie that I remember like ever feeling that in a very long time. So it has a special place in my heart for that reason. Yeah. I think I've always like, I, I enjoy the franchise. Uh, I probably don't enjoy it as much as like you do, but I do enjoy it. I mean, I have all of them um, and I really mm. want to see saw X. Um, but that first saw to me is the best written. Um, I think it has, the best intention the first three mm -hmm. i really really enjoy it's after it's post jigsaw uh 
I feel like it just does kind of fall into the gore porn uh, yeah. arena that so many audiences chalk the whole franchise up to. Yeah, I think the Which I writing is rushed. The rushed in the sense that we yeah. need to put well, out a new trying... Saw movie because it's Halloween or whatever. Yeah, the, like from four through eight, I think it was or whatever. Mm-hmm. It was every year was, oh, we have another Saw. And it was like, you literally just finished that other one. <laughs> so yeah. the writing, you can and tell, it... was like... <laughs> pump the it shit kind of just guys. becomes what traps can we think of and do crazy things like that right and you could tell that the traps kind of stopped being as clever mm-hmm. <laughs> like as the the franchise moved on um i think the the first saw the traps in the first one to me are like the most well besides the needle pit the needle pit in the second movie is probably yeah. one of the most like squirmy scenes for me. I don't even <laughs> have a problem with needles, but there's something about that scene every time that you're like, oh, ooh, this, is, yeah. this is bad. This is not good. Time. <laughs> right. But that first saw is yeah, pretty cool. Just looks really gross, like too. Well, my number seven is one that I have mentioned a decent amount of times, but it's never shown up on an actual list. I've had it as honorable mentions or just talked about it in general. Um, but this is one that I had watched after finding an article claiming that it was like one of the scariest movies that was streaming at that time. And I was like, well, let's see it. Let's go ahead. Let's see if I finally get spooked by a movie. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't get spooked, but I really like, I really enjoyed all the tricks they did and just the way it was written and filmed. Um, And it's one that I just, I instantly clicked with, became obsessed with. Uh, I I ended up like finding a physical because when it was streaming at that time, you couldn't find the physical copy like in a store. You had to go online and actually hope, okay, did they actually make a physical copy of this one? And they Mm -hmm. did. And I bought it like, immediately after watching it (laughs) i think it was on netflix at that time but anyways um the autopsy of jane doe is just it has stuck with me so much and every time i watch it i am always finding myself just like this is so well made yes it has Mm -hmm. some like predictable cheesy horror genre tropes or whatever but it's done so well there's so many parts of this movie that are just like, this is great. And for being someone who really likes the investigation part of a horror film, especially supernatural, mm. uh, that's what this whole movie is. It's literally an autopsy and the investigation of how, how do these injuries, how can we figure out how this person died from these injuries? And then all the freaky shit just happens the more the investigation unfolds, the worse things get. And it's just fantastic. Mm-hmm. It's such a good movie. Mm-hmm. It's so good. <laughs> yeah. It's one of those movies that I definitely, I enjoy as well. And I feel like it, I occasionally see somebody praise it and everybody's like, Oh yeah, that's really well done and really well written. One of those <laughs> movies that the poor is one of those genres that gets kind of poo pooed a lot and people shit on it. And they're like, yeah, it's, it's, I don't know, pedestrian to be excited about horror movies. But I think that the autopsy of Jane Doe is especially one that people are like, no, that one's 
actually good. People agree. <laughs> that one's got some really good parts in it. And mm-hmm. I we mentioned it earlier in the episode. You know, I get really happy and excited when a horror film will kind of like tweak a trick that, you know, mm-hmm. that will mess with people so bad. Mm-hmm. And the autopsy of Jane Doe does it constantly throughout the <laughs> film. Um, yeah. And it's just so much fun for me. Uh, we, you brought up uh, on that one of our collaborations that we're doing on social media uh, right now. It's like the uh, horror, some of our mm-hmm. favorite horror little subgenre things. Uh, we recently had the song. Like, what's a favorite song? I went very yeah. predictable um, and said the Halloween <laughs> theme song, and I still stand by it. And then you had the brilliant pick of the hide and seek (laughs) song from ready or not autopsy of Jane Doe has a song that I feel deserves kind of the third spot. And it's a song that constantly plays on the radio every time Mm. they start really getting into the autopsy. Cause it, it has nothing to do with being a scary song, Yeah, but it's such a bubbly, happy song. And every time it (laughs) plays, you're just like this. Oh no is great yeah you're like oh shit <laughs> something else is good. going to happen <laughs> yeah, you're like, yeah. You, you guys gotta stop you have to stop stop what you're doing mm-hmm. but it is why I, I i've just connected with it so much it, it it's another one that really helped breathe a whole new like rejuvenating life into my love for the genre and so it it had to be on this list i i couldn't couldn't leave it off yeah, that's an incredible one. I definitely agree. Uh, my number seven is probably the least scary movie on my list, but also it's a movie that has stuck with me so hard since I first saw it. And I remember you and I saw this together, and we just like we did stood in this parking lot, thinking oh yeah, about it and talking about <laughs> I it. I was wondering and if you I were going to bring this one up. <laughs> I remember just thinking about it for weeks and after seeing it, like it's a movie that I would love to do a full episode on because I adore this movie. So my number seven is it comes at night, which un unfairly, I feel like probably had a uh, pretty bad marketing because, well, the title alone implies that there's something that's going to come out at night and it's going to be a monster and the, the, the trailer and stuff kind of also implied that there's a thing that comes out at night and it's, you know, dangerous and all this stuff. The movie isn't that at all. It's very, I don't, I don't even really know how to describe it, but I definitely recommend it. I think the thing to know about it comes at night is that if you expect there to be a big monster, you're going to be disappointed. Mm -hmm. If you expect to watch a movie about two families in a in intense uh, post-apocalyptic situation that they don't really know what's going on. They're just trying to survive and they don't know who to trust and they kind of get put together. Um, it seemed my love for it is that the thing that comes at night is fear yeah. and that fear alone is enough that there doesn't really have to be anything out there. But if you are, convinced that there might be and you are afraid enough that will make people do different things and turn on each other and and 
and do things that are inexplicable or that they regret to each other. And so that is, I think, what this movie is to me. And it's it's really, really, really well done. I love Joel Edgerton and everything that he does. Um, if he's in a movie, I will immediately watch it. And and visually, this movie is very, very good. There are scares in it. There's things that happen that are kind of jump scary, um, but not in like a like a aha, like a big music sting <laughs> kind of thing. It's just like a, it's just like a, there's some very creepy, very weird visuals. But it, I was going to say there, there's a couple specific imagery or pieces yeah. of imagery that stand out in my mind uh mm -hmm. that are like yeah and i was kind of i kind of forget about those parts but they're very good i do like that they're there yeah well they're not like i don't remember them being very jump scary or, or like mm -hmm. that being the tool they're just kind of there abruptly yeah. so if you jump you jump right. but it's just <laughs> Uh, yeah, it comes at night. I remember watching it and just thinking, like, solitude is bad. Like, in a high-stress <laughs> yeah. situation where you don't have the answers and you mm -hmm. are stuck indoors, potentially with other people that you might invite in, but you don't know if you should. You don't know if they're going to bring something in with them or whatnot. Uh, mm -hmm. Solitude is bad. When you cut mm -hmm. yourself off from the world, solitude is bad, especially for long extended periods of time. Um, <laughs> it's almost uh, like <laughs> this movie came out not long before we all <laughs> learned that harsh lesson ourselves. <laughs> I was about to try to make a, a joke of being like, but then back to the movie. We're not talking about uh, <laughs> <laughs> real life the last yeah. three years. Uh, yes. Uh which, by the way, I tried watching It Comes at Night during like the initial shutdowns. I, I did watch it, but yeah. that was a movie that I, I remember watching while everyone was like isolated, just being like, probably not the best one to watch in this kind of situation. Not a... <laughs> Unless you're there with a notepad, like taking notes. Or right. Okay. Get what am I avoiding doing? To... Yeah. Uh, we're going <laughs> to. Don't invite strange families in, even if they're nice. <laughs> Yeah, so that is a great pick. I was wondering if you were going to have it on your list. Um, it, I agree with you. I think that is a movie that deserves a very heavy deep dive. So that will probably be one that's uh, at some point in the future. I think it's the most debatably horror movie on my list, but in my I mind, get, it's definitely a horror. Movie. I get that. I get that. I would chalk it up to horror. I mean, it's it's a psychological kind of horror mm -hmm. film. So I'm sure. with you on that one. I'm with you on that one. Okay. I appreciate the support. All right. Well, I know Jake said he wasn't going to have it on his list. Um, it's, <laughs> yes. it's it. This will probably be the quickest mention because I don't think there's literally anything new. Either one of us could say about it. The movie is just genius. It, Mm -hmm. it's the movie that for the first time in a long time when i watched it in the theater actually got a reaction out of me it wasn't a jump it was literally me stopping my popcorn and being like oh is that kind of <laughs> film <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, i still think the subtlety in it is the highlights of the film when everything escalates mm -hmm. it's amazing but 
it's the quieter, subtle moments in it that are so effective. And Tony Collette is a goddess among the genre. So hereditary <laughs> is my number six. Um, yeah, I, there's nothing new we can say. It's not going to be the movies. It's not going to be short. Amazing. We need to talk about it. I'm so glad you brought <laughs> it up and I didn't, didn't have to not talk about it on this episode. Yeah. I fucking love hereditary. Let me take over your, your position, your spot here. Um, hereditary is great because the one, the, like the thing about it that I just will never forget is how deeply I cared for these characters. And when the famous thing happens in the movie that everybody knows, but you may not, if you haven't seen it, so I don't want to spoil it. The thing that happens that, that made you stop eating your popcorn. When that happens, I just remember caring so much and dreading how are you going to get past that? Like how, how do you tell your mom about that? How do you, how do you just do you do what he does and let her find out? Like, do you tell her <laughs> that it's impossible to have the right answer? There's no right answer. And it's just the most dreadful situation possible. And so that feeling I've never felt in a movie before mm-hmm. or since. And I think that's part of the reason that I love it so much. There's also, I mean, all of this, all of the cult stuff, which I know or you don't like, um, <laughs> Like you said, the subtlety is incredible from the the model movements and the the way that the it melds the models with real life and yeah and the the, the subtle things in the corner <laughs> yeah subtle things in the background <laughs> or in the dark that disappear that is the absolute best but the 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 cult following and how they're just always kind of there and you don't really notice until you start noticing and then you then you rewatch the movie and you realize they're always there. They're that they've been there the whole time. And it just makes you you're off put even more every time you watch it. Um, that part as well. I remember feeling such, such kind of a grossness about yeah. I'm like, this is, this is bad. This is, this is <laughs> achy. <laughs> there are several scenes in this movie that make me feel this is you. This is just there's there's yeah. nothing good about what's happening right now, but I am with you. I the characters are so well performed. Mm-hmm. Like I relate to that dad. I understand that dad so well, but he says so little. But it's all in just yeah. every time he's like, you see him in his office, or you hear him leave him messages. <laughs> Or just trying to keep things together. But I think my favorite thing about Hereditary is, and I guess I could see how this might be where people try to debate that it's not horror, but I'm still not giving them too much leniency on that because it's a cult. Yeah. <laughs> right. Cults are bad. They're straight evil. Evil is horror. So <laughs> debate over. Um, yeah. But the way that it takes grief and just kind of on an extreme level at times mm-hmm. there, I can't even say f- like the whole time being an extreme example because grief people spiral like yeah. she does 
every day due to grief because no one has ever fully understood how to handle grief. Everyone handles it differently or doesn't handle it at all. A lot of Mm -hmm. time they're afraid to get over it. There's like sense of guilt. If you try to get over it, there's so many levels to it. And the way that this movie Ari Aster took grief made it the focal point and then just showcased all this like freaky shit on top Mm -hmm. of it and her obsession with it and what it can do to someone. Um, And then you add in all the other stuff like (laughs) it is master storytelling. It is master filmmaking. Mm -hmm. He did kind of the same thing with Midsummer. It's a shame he shit the bed with Bo is afraid. Fuck that movie. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of great grief things in Midsummer as well. Yeah, but yeah, Hereditary was just I almost left it off the list out of spite because I was like, (laughs) we've talked about it a lot. And then I rewatched it. And it was like, it was the the first like subtle kind of mm-hmm. get under your skin scene, and I was just like, of course I'm having it on my list. It was like you dumbass. Of course you were putting it on the list. Like, <laughs> yep, it so, is that good. It is that good. <laughs> yeah, I've been seeing people also say that. I've been seeing a lot of people be like, this movie's overrated, this movie's underrated, and all this stuff. And I'm like, no way is Hereditary overrated. It is appropriately praised. It's as good as people say it is. And it's because of all the different layers that it has. It, yeah. it is deeply about grief and that is and how people are scared to deal with it or get into it or get out of it or whatever. Um, but it's also about, as the name implies, passing things on to your children, not just possessions and things like that but also <laughs> not just cults also just mental health issues and other yeah. things that happen um uh, or you know drugs and everything that can happen through parents and just parents and children relationships is complicated so it's masterful storytelling like you yeah, said completely agree uh my number six is sort of related because it's also the movie before Hereditary, the last time I remembered feeling that leaving the theater and driving home and feeling kind of like, I don't know, a little afraid of the dark and a little bit. Like I had not felt that and been like, why am I feeling that? That's weird. I haven't felt that since I was like a little kid. I'm feeling a little nervousness, I guess. And so my number six is paranormal activity oh yeah 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 which i love how affected i was particularly because it's such a small simple film mm-hmm. made for like fifteen thousand dollars and they had to film it in the director's house because they couldn't afford sets yeah and no name actors i love when there's a movie and i don't recognize anybody in it because i feel like i can just connect to the characters better Mm -hmm. because that person is that character in my mind and and paranormal activity is i mean i like found footage style movies i like think that it's an interesting way to get the audience out of their head and out of the filmmaking film viewing process that they're used to and consume something in a slightly different way and her and paranormal activity does a great thing where it doesn't have i mean it, it commits completely it doesn't have any credits doesn't have any titles it just kind of starts yeah and and the format 
I really, really enjoy. And and I like the sequels as well. I like the how it tells the story and builds on the story and all this stuff. Same kind of same with Saw. I put Paranormal Activity and Saw on the same thing. It's like I like it. I like where it goes. I like what it does. Um, I think that Paranormal Activity is so effective because the things that are scary are like a, a knock. Like you, you know, it feels. I don't, if, because of the found footage style, it feels way more real. And so mm-hmm. when something happens, you you believe it. When like the door moves yeah. three inches. Night one like, and the door just barely yeah. opens up a little more. You're, you're like, like, oh my God, did you like, see fuck that? Fuck that, guys. Yeah. Fuck that. Nope. 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 <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. And so things like just tiny things happen. And then you get like halfway into the movies, two thirds way into the movie. And th- and then the day ends and the title card comes up. It's like night 10. And you're like, Oh no. Like you, it puts you in the, in the emotional state of the characters that you start dreading when the night is coming, like they are dreading when the night is coming. And then as the like timer on the screen fast forwards and you're like, it's getting to be morning time. You feel a sense of relief as the sun is coming up. Like they would feel. And I just love that. I think it's so brilliant. And and I've never searched every inch of a screen so much on any film as I have for Paranormal Activity. Because you're looking at it and the time is like slowly ticking. And, and you're, you're trying like, to find it, where is it? Yeah. What's or happening? it'll be like fast forwarding, fast forwarding yeah. and then stop. And you're like, oh shit, something's going to happen. And so you're watching, you're like, did that lamp move? Did that curtain move? Did the what's happening? Is there a shadow over there? I don't know what's happening. You're watching every single piece. You're trying to, and you can't, and you keep up. And it's just, it's brilliant, and I love it. And I think that it deserves all the success that it had, especially for such a small film. And uh, Oren Pelly's first film, writer yeah. and director. So, I, I, I am a champion for it because it doesn't take a lot of money it doesn't take huge actors it doesn't take anything to connect with audiences to to give them something that they're like yeah that's real i get it i identify with that and i care about that i'm affected by that um it takes so little all it takes is i guess something real something honest that people actually uh identify with and this movie does it so well yeah, that was one when it came out in theaters, uh, all the hype around it was the <laughs> film footage in the theater of audiences watching it yeah. and freaking out. I think Night it Vision. might be the first movie that used that marketing style. First um, one I remember, yeah. And uh, a co-worker slash family member of mine, her and I were like, let's do this. Let's go see Paranormal Activity <laughs> in the theater I don't get spooked. She was like, mm. I get scared so easily. I was like, sweet, let's do this. <laughs> we went and watched it. And I remember instantly being like, no opening credits. The movie literally just the camera turns on. It's him setting it up mm. being like, Katie's saying there's weird shit going on. I don't believe her. So we're doing <laughs> this just to calm her down. Like he's kind mm. of a douche. <laughs> yeah, he is. But yeah, night one comes up and I remember instantly thinking like, oh, here we go. Like the movie is (laughs) literally letting you know 
mm-hmm. this is where we're going to start. It's going to have like things are happening now because it's nighttime. Spooky shit's always mm-hmm. at nighttime. <laughs> yeah, I remember the door like nothing happens, nothing happens. And the door just barely like me. Mm-hmm. And then it was the next day. And I remember just sitting in the theater being like that. That's brilliant. <laughs> and, and thinking they better just keep building like piece mm-hmm. by piece. Don't go huge right away. You do very small, subtle mm-hmm. things. Let it, cre- you know, just build on itself. The tension build up. And that's exactly what that movie does. And it mm-hmm. it's the best one of the series because of that fact. All the others kind of try to jump the gun a little quick on certain mm-hmm. aspects or they really overdo it on others. Um, I think the fourth and fifth one get a little like, okay, yeah. guys, <laughs> you <laughs> yeah. kind of lost it. Um, yeah. But yeah, that first one, I remember when it ended and we left the theater. I remember both of us were just like, holy shit, that was good. And like making the jokes of like, I kind of don't want to be at the house at all. And like, but I'm going to mm-hmm. fall asleep because I don't really care. Uh, <laughs> but I think. The scene that got me to be like, I would be out of that fucking house so fast <laughs> is when they see the footprints coming into the yeah. room. Mm-hmm. I would have been like hightailing it like, fuck that. I guess I'm going to move into a church. This is my home now. <laughs> I don't see the outside world like bye. Yeah. Yeah. I, I completely agree. The footprint scene is great. The, the big loud bang. And then they go downstairs and the lamp is swinging is my other favorite one. But I also love that it's, it's specifically attached to her. It's not like a haunted house thing that you can really want to run away from. It's like, she's fucked. And if you care about her, then you're fucked too because you have no options. If you go to a hotel, you're going to get haunted there. If you go to like whatever. Well, that's what I'm saying. I would have ran into a church and been like, you have to like lock me in the confessional booth and like bless the shit out of it, I guess. I I don't know what we're doing here. I'm here for an exorcism. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Just do it, man. (laughs) Yeah. Paranormal's great. I really like that. Oh, man. Well, my number five is uh, one that I talk about a lot. Um, I get excited about this movie when it's strictly Halloween. It's not Michael Myers Halloween, but it's strictly like a Halloween (laughs) film. It takes place on the night of Halloween. I am wearing the shirt. Trick or Treat Mm -hmm. is just... I will forever love this movie. Michael Gondry is a genius. It started off as a comic book. And then he turned it into a film and Mm. I am still hopeful that he finally makes the sequel to it because give me more um, for it. I need more of Sam in my life. That's that's this guy. (laughs) That's Sam. Uh, It's just it's such a fun film. It it just it it takes Hollywood or Hollywood. It takes Halloween legends and kind of mythology and lore about the holiday itself mm-hmm. and kind of showcases some of it. You know, you've got werewolves, you've got the spooky stuff, you've got ghosts, you've got trick or treating, you have the watch your candy, you know, beware of candy. Oh, they've got that <laughs> kind of stuff throughout the film. It's just, it's silly. It's enjoyable. It's just 
spooky shit comes out on Halloween night. That's always been the myth. And the movie just shows you the spooky shit. And Sam just kind of connects these like four or five different stories throughout mm. the, the course of the film. And it's just, I get so happy every time I watch this movie. My daughter always just shakes her head. She's like, you're like a kid when you talk about this. I know because it's so much fun. It's so much fun. I just, I, I don't even know where to start with how enjoyable this movie is. All I know is I watched it on a whim. I had seen nothing about it, knew nothing about it mm-hmm. years ago. And I came across it, thought, well, this looks dumb and whatever. <laughs> I'll watch it. And it was another one of those where it was just instantly like, yep, I'm going to love this movie. <laughs> and here we are, like 14, 15 years later, loving it just as much as I did that first time. It's just it's so enjoyable because it's so it's unique without being it's hard to explain, but it's a unique kind of feeling of a movie. And it's a very traditional movie for me. I finish every Halloween before I go to bed. I watch Trick or Treat. That's how I finish my Halloween like holiday, Mm -hmm. which is fitting because that's how the movie it it concludes Halloween. So (sighs) Trick or Treat, it's just too good. It's too good. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's one of those movies that I always see people praise and they say the same thing, that it is the perfect Halloween movie the one that you should definitely enjoy and and watch regularly if you like Halloween. Mm -hmm. And I have not seen it yet. It's one of those ones that I know you have loved and I need to watch. Uh, It's on the list to get around to. Yeah, it's it's silly. It makes no sense half of the time, but that's the brilliance to it. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's so good. Yeah, it sounds fun. Uh, my number five is kind of a a very different, weird movie, but it's one that I've watched in the last year or year and a half, maybe, um, and just loved immediately. And so it's kind of snuck its way quickly up my list for that reason and all the way up to the middle, which is no small feat by any means, um, it's another found footage style, but it's the first movie that writer and co or co-writer and director Patrick Bryce has made wrote it and stars with Mark Duplass, who I love. Um, so my number five is creep and creep Two. also <laughs> both of them go together. Creep is such a perfect movie because because of how good Mark Duplass is in it, because yeah. he perfectly disarms you and invites you in. The it's about a guy who is a filmographer who just responds to a Craigslist ad, which you shouldn't do. People just as a general <laughs> rule, don't respond to Craigslist ads. But he does, and I mean, this is 2014. People are a little less savvy back then. And he he's asked to basically film this guy's last, essentially like last will and testament. He wants to tell his, he's dying. He wants to tell his family all these things. And he needs this videographer to like follow him around for a day and, and film messages for him. 
but he's he's you don't really know if he's eccentric or odd or weird or maybe a little challenged or what his deal is but he's different for sure and then things just like he'll like tease something that you're like that's a red flag you should not be into oh yeah but then he's so good at being like hey man hey brother like it's fine like and you believe him (laughs) he's like there's a thing that happens where he has like a mask that he puts on it's like a playful thing but it's a wolf mask and he very much is the big bad wolf in the sense that he he just invites himself in he dresses his granny like he just he gets you to let your guard down when you know Mm -hmm. you should you you are staring at him he has giant eyes and teeth and you know that he's a wolf but he still lets you gets you to believe that everything's okay and it's so clever and and creep 2 is just as good i really enjoy it as well and it does enough different things that it's worth uh worth checking out so i don't hear it really talked about and i loved it as soon as i saw it um so definitely check out creep creep is a very fitting title for that movie uh yeah i remember when i first watched it you hadn't told me about it it was one of those weird movies where like we both ended up watching it but didn't tell each other about it until (laughs) a little bit after watching it and both being like dude you gotta check this out i just did oh my god like yeah I was. T- I remember what like affected me the most about Mark Duplass was I had watched him on the show The League, so right. I knew him as that character, and I figured this is what this guy does. Awesome! Mm-hmm. And then I watched He's Creep, and was like, "That is not what this guy does. What is happening?" <laughs> right. Um, that movie should also just be called like red flag because <laughs> everything he does and says you are instantly just mm-hmm. like, oh, you should get out of that situation. You should <laughs> not be here at all. You need to leave. Why aren't you leaving? I remember thinking that throughout the course of the movie is why aren't, why aren't you gone yet? I, mm-hmm. You should just be like, <laughs> right. Fuck this. <laughs> like, yeah. Creeps good stuff. All right, my number four. So you had brought up, like, how do you define horror at the start? And you said you had a couple that you felt people would debate. Mm -hmm. Uh, I could see people trying to debate me on this one. And I'm going to nip that in the butt real quick and just be (laughs) like, typically when a movie involves murder or human sacrifice. Yeah, it's automatically lumped into a horror genre. Uh, But then you include like a supernatural entity that you as an audience member kind of knows who they're actually talking about without saying the normal names that we're used to this fella having. Mm. Then you definitely get to like, (laughs) yeah, this is a horror film. Mm -hmm. Um, We've talked about this one, I feel, quite a bit in the past couple of weeks, especially after last week um, or the last episode. Uh, but this movie is one that I just I cannot stop watching it. I get more excited about it every time I watch it. I get happier every time I watch it. I think the acting in it is 
the absolute incredible. Uh, she was my number one final girl. So <laughs> ready or not is my number four uh, all time favorite horror movie. This movie yeah. is just. It did what I think the genre needed where it gave it something new. It's not mm-hmm. a sequel. It's not a reboot. It's a complete original story that perfectly places comedic things in it without mm-hmm. trying to actually be or making that the focal point. Mm-hmm. You laugh when like this sounds fucked up, but you laugh when the coked out daughter <laughs> shoots the maid in the face. But then <laughs> like a minute later, you are thrown right back into, Oh, we're running for our life again. And you're trapped yeah. on this, in this mansion. Uh, with this very manipulative family and as aunt that is out of her goddamn mind and just (laughs) angry about everything. (laughs) It takes everything way too seriously, (laughs) but ready or not, it's just, it is, it is one of the most original and enjoyable, entertaining horror films we've gotten in so long that it just like I I almost felt bad for having it this low and it was (laughs) almost way higher, but I just can't deny my top three. They just, Mm -hmm. I just can't deny them, but ready or not, it's just, I, (laughs) yeah. And you had her as your number one final girl. You definitely have made it clear. It's worth the praise. And I completely agree. Even it's not on my list, but I completely agree. I love Ready or Not. And it's so refreshingly original as one of the main things that I've taken away and love about it. The fact mm-hmm. that you can be watching it and and be surprised. You're like, I don't know, is this real or are they crazy or what's going on? <laughs> and then where it goes, you're just always surprised. And in, in the best way, in ways that make you laugh. And then in ways that, ways that you would definitely identify with the character. You're like, uh, this is scary and dangerous. You should get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> and to her screams, mm-hmm. like her screams where she's crawling out of the pit with the nail. Yeah. Or trying to crawl through the fence where it's like cutting her back open mm-hmm. that kind of screaming to me is like this is more mm-hmm. gut-wrenching and intense to hear mm-hmm. than every other <laughs> scream in any horror film mm-hmm. ever made this is i yeah, feel partic- her pain <laughs> particularly the one where she makes it through the fence gets to the road and the car doesn't stop and she just lets out this scream where you understand her like she is so afraid that there's just no way out of this that she's so fed up with absolutely everything and just Mm -hmm. she yeah she's afraid she's like truly terrified yeah and that guy's a dickhead that just keeps uh going so (laughs) fuck that driver yeah, I I want to see Samara weaving in so much more stuff because she was very. That's the first thing I remember seeing her in, at least mentally. She's great. She has this movie on Netflix. It's a, that was actually the first one I saw her in. Very funny, very enjoyable. It's silly. It's everything you should want. 
It's called The Babysitter. It, it's a horror uh, film. I've seen The Babysitter. I forgot she was in that, though. Y- yeah. She's good in yeah, that one, that's but her movie. and Ready or Not is just it. That is an unreal on just refreshment for the genre. Mm-hmm. So, oh, Ready or Not, so good. It's so good. It is so good. Yeah. It. I mean, like you mentioned before, I put the song in my uh, favorite horror songs because it, it's catchy, yeah. but also it's about how you should run and not get murdered. So a little <laughs> off-putting. Oh, a little bit a little bit <laughs> um okay my number four is probably the biggest movie on my list as far as popularity and certainly in a list full of a lot of first or second movies that people have made this is made by the most established filmmaker at the time that he made this by no surprise i'm sure that it's not a surprise to you either um my number four is scream of course uh, i mentioned before that i didn't i didn't see it for a long time and then saw it probably 10 years ago and and loved it i was like i can't believe that's this is what that movie was like i'd always heard of scream but didn't really yeah. know what it was and 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 then i immediately fell in love with the meta aspects of it that it yeah it's every movie in the scream franchise i feel like scream is the most consistent franchise ever Uh, i would say john wick is the most consistent franchise ever but scream (laughs) is close scream is definitely close and i think the thing that makes it work so well is that it's it's so well focused on the time that it came out and what the purpose of each movie is because mm-hmm. the first movie is focused on horror movies, just a commentary on horror movies, came out in the mid-90s when horror was kind of struggling. It was all very mm-hmm. kind of basic, had kind of started doing the paint-by-numbers thing where it's like we've had the originals in the 70s and 80s that kind of changed the game, but now we're kind of stagnant. Scream came out and was like, hey, look at how there are these rules and we need to do all these things and this is how everything works and was so, I guess, on the nose of understanding what worked and what didn't and then commented on it and did incredible commentary, but also then was its own scary movie about all of this stuff. Um, And I've never really found Scream scary, but I will say re-watching it after having a kid the first scene with uh <laughs> with when drew not particularly yeah not particularly drew barrymore getting murdered but when her parents come home and find that she has not there and her house is broken into and then pick up the phone and hear That's, her dying when they listen to her being gutted on yeah, the I'm phone like, as a parent, I'm like, no. And Christy, particularly, she's like, I love this movie, but also, no, I do not want to listen to this right now. <laughs> so it's very, 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 very well done. Um, I think that it's not the first movie Wes Craven made, but it is the first movie that Kevin Williamson wrote. And so I think mm-hmm. it kind of keeps my streak going there. Um, Scream is fantastic, and I'm excited to see where it goes from here. Um, but that original and the first 
I don't know. All all of the movies I think I love for their own individual reasons. The se- yeah. the sequel is such a great commentary on sequels and 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 the requel is a great commentary on requels. Like they get what they're doing and they do a good job. So a scream is always good. Yeah. Uh, well, this is funny. Uh, we finally have a crossover and we don't even have to really segue because my number three is scream. Uh, perfect. <laughs> yeah, perfect. <laughs> scream was one that I felt was going to be on my list because like you, I mean, I saw it well before you saw it. Uh, yeah. I, I saw Thankfully. it when I wasn't really supposed to see it. Uh, it was one <laughs> of those for me. Um, mm-hmm. but I remember just being like, this movie is a blast. Like mm-hmm. the meta stuff didn't really connect with me, but the, I really enjoyed watching this killer stumble. Like, yeah. cause we've had so many slashers where they're just, you can't trip them up. Ghostface comes along and literally you hear him get hit and he goes, Oh shit. Oh, like <laughs> right. you kick him in the nuts he's like oh my god <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> but i'm with you i as much as i was laughing during scream there's so many scenes in it and so many moments where you're like this is legit like this is a true slasher film and that yeah. i really respected that and then all the meta stuff on top of that was just like this is all cherry on top this is like mm-hmm. a giant cake of the best kind of icing <laughs> consistency it's not too much icing it's not too much you're right this is yeah. like this is the perfect cake right here yeah you don't want I to love be all scream. icing you need a, a good base for sure yeah and i knew it was going to be on my list i i found myself watching it several times since uh what was that scream six came out earlier in the year mm-hmm. and i wasn't the biggest fan of scream six mm-hmm. uh primarily because like you kind of need Sidney Prescott to be a part of it, but also I personally, and I know I said this back then, I think I've said it a few times, I'm kind of burned out on the requel idea that Hollywood just keeps doing. Yeah. I've, it's probably residuals of like how betrayed I feel due to the Halloween uh, (laughs) trilogy that we were given. Yeah. But just in general, I think it's like, you can do other things. Right. Regurgitating requel is just, it's getting old. Um, My problem with requels is that it's, it's the safest possible thing so far it, until they find the safe. next, like it used to be that the reboot was the safe thing. It's like, Oh, we'll just start over this thing. But that was at least more risky because you're at least starting over fresh, right? With new characters, new all this, like new actors and all this stuff. The requel is even less risky than that. They're like, let's kind of start over, but mostly keep all the same actors and characters, <laughs> and and just kind of keep it going. But then, if people like it, we'll start it over with these other characters. It's so like wishy-washy right. and it's like just do something do something intentional and new try it <laughs> just pick a side and stick with it just come on yeah. man just give us something new um bunch of bitches but after that sixth one like i have rewatched that first scream a handful of times now this year 
And one, you know, some of it was in preparation for the final girls episode. And some of it was just because I felt like watching scream. Mm-hmm. And then I watched it again for this. Uh, I didn't have to, because I had literally just rewatched it for final girls. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, no, I'm going to rewatch it for the top 10 horror. Cause I'm pretty positive. I'm having it on the list. Mm-hmm. I just don't know where I'm going to put it. Mm-hmm. And I thought it'd be funny. I originally was like, I'll put it at number 10 and just be spiteful and be like, I had Sydney at 10. I'm going to put scream at 10. Yeah. And then I rewatched it. And I was just like every decision that was put into that movie by Wes Craven and Kevin Williamson, everything they did. Yeah. I was just like, I, on a movie nerd mentality of just the writing style, the editing, how they pieced this whole story together. Mm-hmm. I was like, I fucking, I think I enjoy this movie way more than I've ever given it credit for. And I think mm-hmm. I have a higher respect for it than I've ever actually given it. <laughs> and when it ended, I remember I like, I sat there and just let the credits roll and was like, is scream the perfect horror film? <laughs> like, I think this is a valid question to, propose yeah is it legit the perfect horror movie possibly ever made it has every (laughs) element it lets you know the element and then shows Mm -hmm. you like it yeah it will explain it to people that don't know just by the fact that if they're not yet horror fans it's like in case you don't know this is why we're doing this and this is this (laughs) This is why it's great (laughs) <laughs> but right. for those that also are big fans, there's even more other things. It's like, yeah. And it just, the fact it that Wes Craven and... will like, it's not just a commentary on horror movies, but it's a commentary on nightmare on Elm street and other Wes Craven things. <laughs> right. And he'll talk about like, Oh, Freddie's you know, not that scary or whatever. Like he'll just <laughs> does these different things. That's like, I don't know. It's, it's very brilliant. And there's it's a lot to scream. Cool. And I just, I was like, I think this movie's going to be like in my top three. It was just kind of an understanding, but I didn't quite want to put it in top three. Mm-hmm. But then I watched the rest of my list. And as much as all those movies bring me joy, I was like, none of them really hit just that. Like, wow, Scream is like perfect. It's just perfect. Mm-hmm. They're all super close. But Scream mm-hmm. just hit it on the nail or hit the nail on the head. So I it's like, I guess you're you're higher. And I find it funny because mm-hmm. this was we never planned these lists together. Right. But I think it's funny that I had Sydney low. You had her very high. And then mm-hmm. I rated Scream higher than you. And yeah. now I'm super curious to find out <laughs> what your top three well, you, are. <laughs> you rated Sydney low on a technicality because she I just did. wasn't the last girl. She's the final she's... girl with a bunch of other survivors. I was gonna, she, she doesn't just have one other. She's got like, they have a group that goes into the sequel together. And then yeah. again, and then again. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. It's true. It's a valid technicality, but also not. Yeah, I get it. But I honestly did have Scream at three. And then over the course of my tinkering over the last two weeks have just edged it out slightly. I was like, this movie, I I think you're right. I do think that it's very 
I would not argue if someone said Scream is the perfect horror movie because it is very, it does all of the horror things that it needs to well. It's it, it's like it has the depth of yeah. horror. Like it takes the horror principles and it does all of them all the way down to the deepest depth very, very well, flawlessly. And it is also very broad because it uh, it does the meta stuff. It does the 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 social commentary on what movies are doing now, yeah. um, what horror telling is horror storytelling does, what slashers do, um, is his own slasher movie. It does all of those things, and it does a lot of different things, and it does them all very very well. The movies that I put higher than it are just personally, I like this specific thing narrow thing and it does that and i like that a lot like it made me feel things that scream didn't make me feel because i don't find slashers terribly terrifying but i find these movies uncomfortable or scary or interesting or cerebral or whatever and Mm -hmm. i i like that thing a little bit more um so that's the only reason i dutched out but I hear you. very, very close. I would not argue anybody yeah. that says it's perfect. Well, I mean, it was, it, it's my number three. It's not my number one, um, mm-hmm. but my top, the ones I edged it away from that <laughs> will be no surprise. <laughs> okay. okay. But you're up for it. Um, <laughs> mine has at least one not surprise that I have brought up before, but two other movies that I know were not on my previous horror list. So possible surprises, probable surprises. My number three is a, probably a movie that most people have not even heard of. You probably have because you're a weirdo and have heard of every horror movie ever made. But my number three is a movie uh, from 2015 called We Are Still Here. Oh, that's a good movie. That's it's a, a really great movie. movie. Uh, it's the it's from written and directed by Ted Geoghegan. Geoghegan. And you know, it's been a while has, since we've had a name we can't pronounce, <laughs> but we really try. There's like <laughs> consonants in places there shouldn't be, and I don't really know how you describe it. But he's made a lot of movies, and he hasn't never really broken out. But he should. He's definitely like a Thai West type. If you like that style, mm-hmm. you would like this movie. Um, it does very cool things. And it does very cool things that I think are so grounded in reality. They're things that are commonly reported in like hauntings of like hearing footsteps in the hallway when you know nobody's home. Horror movies don't do a lot of those things all the time. Mm-hmm. And so it kind of stands out as like, that's a thing that I know. And it does it in a way that I, I guess makes more sense than than a lot of the other things that people do in horror movies. Um, and the thing about We Are Still Here. So it's about an old married couple and they unfortunately had a son who's college age who died uh relatively recently and they decided to move out of the city and into a house in the country and of course they get to the house in the country and certain things start happening and they start thinking that it's their son spirit trying to communicate with them but the thing that 
The thing that I love about this movie is particularly it's it builds very very slowly. Again, it has a bunch of actors in it that you've never seen before, so you just feel sucked into it. And when it kicks off, I said this before about um, The House of the Devil. This movie is even crazier than The House of the Devil because it starts, <laughs> shit starts kicking off and you think there's like a level of malevolence and then you start learning things and things start unraveling. And like you've said before, I definitely agree. I really, really enjoyed the investigation and the reveal yeah. and mystery of horror movies. This has a lot of that. And things start unraveling and you're like, there's two different levels of, of competing evil. And then you're like, no, wait, there's three different three different parallel forces that are trying to kill these people and and it just gets it gets really crazy and kind of bloody um eh, pretty bloody people will call me out for saying kind of bloody there's a lot of blood <laughs> that happens at one point but but the it's it's just so small and simple and i love the style of it and the the especially the the look of the ghouls mm -hmm. the, the the I don't know what you even call them but uh, ghouls is a good enough term the way that they look and their white eyes and burned surfaces like you just have to see it it's so well done um, it's one of those movies that I just I don't know I've I remember seeing a long time ago and I didn't have it on my list originally and then I was like searching through my library and i was like oh yeah i kind of forgot how much i love this movie and then i rewatched it i was like i think i liked it like i think i really liked it i think it connected with me but i think i confused it with a different movie and the name of it with a different movie and then i rewatched it and i was like yeah absolutely i was right and i am a fool for forgetting it because it is really 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 good so had to be all the way up at number three yeah. We are still here. It is a good one. It's been a minute since I watched that one. Um, mm -hmm. I actually, so I had the day off today and I was just kind of wandering around, you know, it's spooky season. So I was looking <laughs> at like, what, what, what spooky movies don't I have right now that I should probably like maybe pick up or, or at least yeah. go home and like, Oh, is it streaming? I'll, I'll go home and watch. And I saw, we are still here and was like, I need to rewatch that one. Because I saw mm -hmm. that a long time ago, and it was great. Yeah. And no one knows about it, but it was great. And I was like, I always get that one for some reason in my brain. They're nothing alike. But we are still here and homebound. For some reason, my brain is always like, those two go hand in hand. And it's like, they really oh. don't. <laughs> yeah. At I could all. see that. I could see that because it has <laughs> homebound is the one with like the person in the sheet, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I could definitely see that. It has that same, <laughs> the titles alone have that same sort of vibe. It, it just for some reason, yeah, for some, maybe that's what it is, the vibe of it, but they're very different movies. Uh, but yeah, so that's funny that it's on your list. And literally <laughs> serendipity. five hours ago, I was just looking at it going, do I want to buy it? No, I'll see if it's streaming. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Oh, that's a good pick, man. That's a good pick. All right. Yeah, that's part of that one. Well, my number two, I feel like 
this is one that you've probably been wondering if it would retain a spot just due to how Mm -hmm. bitter I am now and betrayed. I feel still feel will forever feel. (laughs) Uh, I genuinely like, I truly feel that the travesty and betrayal of David Gordon Green to Michael Myers is Mm -hmm. so much worse than the Star Wars prequels. Like those to me have nothing on what he did to this franchise. And I know Mm -hmm. you brought up the question during the final girls episode of you were wondering would Laurie Strode even be on that list just due to Mm -hmm. the fact I was like, of course I've got to have Laurie. I thought long and hard about (laughs) Do I punish the original Halloween mm-hmm. for the bullshit that we got in the last couple of years? Mm-hmm. And part of me wanted to. Part of me wanted to be like, man, I just can't. I can't do it anymore. But <laughs> that original Halloween and Michael Myers, the original Michael Myers, like they have such a strong foothold in my love for the genre, mm-hmm. and they. That movie, John Carpenter did so much for like really building me out of a place of fear, which is kind of ironic that it Michael Myers is part of that formula to get me from not being afraid because I still think he's like the scariest slasher ever put on film. Um, yeah. And I was just like, I rewatched it and was like, thank God I still cherish this movie so much and i cherish the the og michael myers there's no like (laughs) he stays strong at uh, as my number two like that first one is so well written it's so well made and Mm -hmm. it's not scary but it's so intense and my my daughter was asking me what is it about michael myers that's just like makes him so intense and i told her he doesn't make a sound like you'll hear him Mm -hmm. breathe and he grunts one time but Mm -hmm. the rest of the film when he kills he's silent Mm -hmm. all the grunting all the sounds you're hearing it's coming from his victims and he doesn't just stab everybody i was like he kills everyone kind of a different way Mm -hmm. he does a lot of strangling in that first one she was like oh that's jacked up and i was like and you can't see his eyes. So it's just it's just black pits. So it, yeah. it's like soulless. There's featureless. You know, he's wearing a mask. And she was just like. Just... Yeah, she was just kind of like, oh, that's that's actually really scary. I was like, <laughs> I know. <laughs> he's like an unstoppable force that just needs to kill. And he'll do yeah. it any way he can. Yeah, he he sets his eyes on his targets, and that's just what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that original Halloween is just to me it it just means too much to me personally for me to try and punish it for the travesty that we were given. So mm-hmm. I I love that original. It, it's not going anywhere. <laughs> and like I said earlier, if a twenty four or any other studio wins the bid on owning the franchise to take over mm-hmm. it. Obviously they're going to try to reboot it again. That's right. going to happen. <laughs> I just hope that they treat it as a genuine reboot. If they're going to do it, reboot it. 
Yeah. Start over. Start fresh. Yeah. Um, I would trust A24 more. I feel the writers they tend to hire have more sense of patience with storytelling. Mm-hmm. So I feel they would be able to stick with, because that, that's like the most effective part about that original Halloween is how patient that yeah. movie is. Yeah. You know, Michael is just, he's in the background. He drives a car in the first one. A lot of people <laughs> forget that. He's legit yeah. driving around in the first movie. <laughs> like, but you got to be patient with it. And I think that's where a big problem with all the sequels came about was they all lost patience. Cause yeah. everyone was like, let's just get to the kills, get to the kills. And it's like, but that's the kills aren't nearly as intense as the anticipation, right? The, the anticipation is what makes it. Yeah. When he's like staring Laurie down from the street, it's you're like, it's 2023 seeing that. That's yeah. freaky. Like that's uncomfortable. Right. <laughs> right. I think no matter what year it is, if you you're used to people kind of doing their own thing, going about their business, not really making eye contact, like looking down or whatever. If there's a dude in the distance by a hedge just staring at you, you're gonna feel uncomfortable. <laughs> You're going to be like watching your six a little bit extra. Like, wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You should for sure. Yeah. So yeah. The way you describe Halloween makes me laugh because it's exactly my experience with star Wars that I'm like, <laughs> it makes you examine. And then for a while you like, you're like, mm, I'm not, really a fan of this because i don't want to go through all the hassle of saying i like it but i don't like the new stuff and i don't like this it's just too complicated and so you just kind of cut it out and then you go back to the beginning rewatch them and you're like no i genuinely love this and i they can't take it away from me (laughs) right (laughs) (laughs) yeah i get it i get where you're at yep yep uh, and you're right. That's a great movie. Uh, my number two is also one that I've praised forever and probably the most uh, most anticipated one on my list. No surprise to you. I know that you like it as well. My number two is The Strangers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's one of those movies. I remember as what... It, it's in the first handful of movies that I remember buying on DVD because I I saw it and was just it like instantly, I guess, more afraid of it. Granted, I grew up at a house like kind of in the woods, kind of like this house. Like it was kind of away from city limits and stuff. So it's kind of set in a place that I'm familiar with. And then uh, I also... I watched it. I, for some reason, choose to watch this movie, particularly when I like move into a new house or go on vacation somewhere. Like when I moved out of my parents' house into like my first apartment, I watched this movie before my roommates moved in. I was like there alone. It's like, <laughs> not the best idea, but the strangers is so effective because it's, it, 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 chooses not to do all of the things that you expect it to do and when 
like most of the time when you watch a movie and something scary happens, the movie wants you to know desperately that something scary just happened and there'll be like a sharp violin sting that happens in the yeah. music or whatever. And it's like, hey, look at this thing that just like kind of popped in. Even if you're not watching, you're like, oh, I can tell just from the audio that something important happened. The Strangers is the exact opposite where you'll be watching a movie and it's a sweet story or not a sweet story, but it's a story about this couple <laughs> who had a fight and they're maybe breaking up and you don't really know what's going on. And then uh, someone knocks on the door and they ask for Tamara and Tamara is not there. And so they send her away. Um, and then things start happening and they're not really sure what's going on. And there's noises and tapping and things and and then there'll be shots where my favorite scene in the whole movie is the scene where Liv Tyler is just like in the living room and she's just doing stuff walking over to like get some stuff from the kitchen and there's no indication that something happened but there's a figure in the background blurry <laughs> yeah. standing there uh, and you don't know how he got in. You don't know how long he's been there. You may, you're like, has he been there the whole time? And I just wasn't paying attention. And then as soon as he showed up, he's gone. And it's just so subtle and quick and quiet. That is the most off putting that you feel like they can come as go as they please. You're at their mm -hmm. mercy. And there are these strangers out there who are just toying with you, um, toying with this couple. And it's it's it, it, the villains are the best because there's no like huge story or vengeance yeah. or monster or anything. It's just that I don't know. I think it connects to one of my favorite things is how how shitty people are. Like there are a lot of these movies that are on my list, and there's a big supernatural element to it, or there's a monster or a ghost or a demon or whatever. Mm -hmm. But that's often not the worst part. It's that there's also these people and they're mostly the problem because they are <laughs> they're just bad perpetuating it or worshiping <laughs> it or whatever and causing all the problems. Um, this movie is kind of like that because it's the they're just bad people. They want to mm -hmm. kill you just because you answer the door like you were home and that's yeah. why we're going to kill you. And that's fucked up and that's why i like it in a weird way <laughs> i always i always feel validated when i hear other people say they like a, a horror film because it's fucked up and i'm like you get it yes. <laughs> yeah i get it i get it at least with this movie for sure i don't really care for the sequel which is one of the rare cases on i was gonna list. say we, we don't gotta mention the sequel because that movie sucks i'm very <laughs> concerned because um they're making a reboot like a three-part yeah. trilogy next year and i just found out this week that all three movies are going to come out next year which is interesting but also i'm still concerned that they're gonna fuck it up I'd or do too much they're they're probably gonna try and like make it super exciting like constant things mm -hmm. happening and we'll have another big fight in a swimming pool that makes no sense and we're gonna <laughs> god that sequel's so bad yeah the sequel's not good the the first yeah. one 
in addition to this scene where the guy just shows up in the background, I just remember, and I always feel this way when I watch it, the fact that they have their blinds drawn on the windows and yeah. you feel like that should be protective, but also they need to look outside to know what if they're out there or not or what's going on. And the like build up to do I go up to the window? Do I open the uh, up? And it when I open it up, is there going to be something like a guy standing right there or whatever? Right. <laughs> that tension. I don't know what it is about this movie, but they do it so well that you're like, you need to look outside, but you shouldn't look outside. And then, and then you don't know what's going to happen when they do look outside. Like, I don't know what it is or how they do it, but they do such a good job. And I haven't found any other movie that does it like this. Yeah. Yeah. Now the strangers is very well done. Mm -hmm. Um, it, I think my favorite thing about it is it doesn't rely on the gore it doesn't rely on showing a full torture scene it doesn't rely on these kind of aspects of the genre that movies like this would typically want to really lean into mm -hmm. uh, the strangers is very like it's an hour and a half long movie and for about an hour it's background <laughs> movement or creepy girl at the door Mm -hmm. sounds a phone is moved or you know it's just little things yeah. like that walking up to the window because you're like what's happening outside mm -hmm. um every time i watch it though every time i watch it <laughs> when he leaves and she's just sitting in the house by herself every time i'm like what a <laughs> dick <laughs> yeah like, yeah, do who that. does that go sleep on the couch if you're having a fight like who does you don't oh it's like one in the morning you know what i'm gonna bail on you at the moment because i just <laughs> need to get a break shut the fuck up go sit in the living room <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah words of wisdom that might also just be because like i know the movie and so you're constantly like you don't you're stronger in numbers you're right. supposed to be stronger in numbers right uh, that's a great pick i i had a feeling you would have it on because i've always known how much you love that movie uh mm -hmm. and as we were making it through the list i was like he hasn't mentioned it yet he hasn't mentioned it. I, that <laughs> one's got to be up there then mm -hmm. yeah that's a that's a good jake pick that's a good one all right my number one favorite horror film for so many reasons evil dead the original evil dead is just to me it is so much fun it's so gross it's there's not one moment of this movie which really when you watch it it should probably be like just ripped apart because it's so poorly made it's so cheaply made and you can tell but all of that is what I love so much about this movie. And I know we've talked about it several times of just my respect for Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell and their team and their friends just kind of sticking through it and making sure they get this film made because they just wanted to. They wanted to make this film. They wanted to do something together. And so they did it. And it's an effective film. It's, it's really like mm -hmm. the godfather 
of cult classics and it's just like it is up there but that first evil dead for as silly as it is and like over Mm -hmm. the top the gore scenes in that movie are legit (laughs) the close-up shot of like one of the characters takes a you know his ankle gets ripped apart his leg gets torn apart and it's like a close-up shot of the the flesh you feel that Mm -hmm. When mm-hmm. the deadites are like singing in the middle of the hallway, it, it's a little creepy. But the movie is just pure fun to me. It is the most joyful horror film. It's I love every second of it. It, it it's been my my favorite since my cousin introduced me to it long ago, where he was just like, yeah, I was really starting to get into this genre and just no longer being afraid of stuff. And he just sat me down. And, he just put the movie in. I didn't have a choice. It was just you've never seen it. You're watching it. So we watched it and it was instantly I was laughing. I was grossed out. It was like, where is this movie going to go? They're, you know, reading the Book of the Dead and it, the Necronomicon is oh, I love the original mm-hmm. Evil Dead. I've got Ash like everywhere in here in my place. He's <laughs> And I've told my daughter, like, someday I will sit you down and we will watch Evil Dead. There will be a scene, though, where I'm fast forwarding or forcing you to leave the room (laughs) because she doesn't need to see a tree do despicable acts. Um, (laughs) Yeah, that tree scene is definitely That tree scene is memorable. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's just... It clicked on me, and I think I think Evil Dead was the first time I really understood just how all-encompassing horror really is and can be, where mm-hmm. it can just take elements of everything and be like, we can throw it all into this one story and just make it crazy. And you don't need to worry about everything making sense in a horror film. You don't need to have every little thing explained or connected. You can have stuff where you're like, I still don't get why that happened, but it's okay. Like it's just evil dead. It's just, uh, it's just the best. It's just the best. I I, I love evil dead. (laughs) Yeah, I know you do. And I am not surprised that it's all the way at the top. Um, Ash is a hero and and the whole that cult classic and how it's grown over the years, I think yeah. speaks for itself as how much people love it and how great it is. It's very, very good. I like it too. It's so good. It's so good. Uh, okay. My, my number one is very different. It's very much not a mainstream <laughs> Idol or franchise or has any big characters that anybody knows about, um, which is probably a weird thing about me. But this movie, I think about a lot. It has stuck with me for a very long time. I didn't even have it on my previous top 10 horror movie. I think I had it as honorable mention, um, but it's just, it's stayed with me forever. It's not a big success because it's a Netflix original movie, which is weird, not a theatrical release um, at all. Um, And so my number one is The Ritual 
from 2017. <laughs> First solo feature from David Bruckner, who mostly is known for his segments in like the VHS and South mm -hmm. Bandone anthologies. Um, the ritual is special to me because partly for the, the story and mostly for the the arc of the characters and then i feel like the production design is is so effective because it's about this group of friends that are planning a trip to hang out together and this then they're debating if where they should go and then one of their friends ends up dying which is an important part of the story so i won't go into it um but they're all kind of decide to go on a trip to honor him and then also haunted a little bit by that event and their choices in mm -hmm. it. And then, so they go on a hiking trip in Sweden, like Northern Sweden, like forests, nowhere, Sweden. And during that hiking trip encounter a forest, very, very dark, disturbing <laughs> things that happen in the forest. And, uh, and, and the things that I like about it is I really enjoy, I guess, the mythology of it and how the darkest, scariest things are the oldest stories. And yeah, these ancient deities or gods or whatever myth myths in the forest can uh if you treat them as real as far as in a horror movie it always i think is is pretty effective because there's something in the root of human experience or human history mm -hmm. i think that you kind of identify with uh, and the ritual is great because if if you've ever been camping you've been in the forest you've been whatever at night and you've shined a flashlight out to because because you heard a noise um a tree branch snap or something like that you've experienced when it's so dark out that your flashlight isn't really lighting up anything and you're shining it and <laughs> yeah. you can't it's like the darkness is eating the light from your flashlight um this movie does kind of things like that. Um, and I also, it reminds me of like when we did that episode about the empty man, there's kind of similar yep. things as far as effigies or mysterious pagan symbols and things that happen. Um, I am scared or affected or whatever by things that happen like if if a if some if an evil is able to like control your mind or make you think certain things or have dreams of certain things or manipulate you to end up in a place and you don't know how you got there because you weren't in control of your body, um, this movie does things like that a lot, which is very intense. So the ritual is great um, because it's scary to me, but also because the the journey of the character is so in deep and intentional oh this yeah. guy this guy who feels like he knows that he may he was a coward in a serious situation and then 
but he doesn't want his friends to think that. And then also he needs to continually fight that, try to make up for mm -hmm. that, try to improve upon that and choose to not be a coward going forward. Um, I think is really, really good. And I mentioned before the production design is so effective because there's a perfect melding of this ancient earthy forest and trees and moss and all this stuff. And this thing chasing them through the forest. And then also fluorescent lights and the liquor store and all of the things that they're right. also haunted by in their past. It's all kind of melded together in such an effective and beautiful way that the design of that and how the lighting of the fluorescent lights cast on the forest floor, it doesn't make any sense, but it flows like a dream. It makes a lot of sense. Um, I love this movie and nobody ever talks about it. Um, so if I couldn't have hereditary, because you wouldn't let me, I want to choose the ritual as my favorite horror movie. I think it's fair. And it's a great choice. Uh, yeah. The ritual is effective. Um, I remember, I think I, I read the book first. Okay. And then saw that they made the movie and was like very excited for the movie. Um, and like every adaptation, yeah, the movie took out some of the stuff from the book that I personally felt were more intense and stuff. Mm -hmm. But I remember watching the movie and just thinking like they did really well because there's parts in that book that like would have been they already adapted very difficult parts of it. Um, but like the last act, there's moments in that last act that I feel would just be very difficult to pull off. So it kind of made sense why they would like shorten mm -hmm. stuff up or switch things around a bit, but both the book and the movie, I remember just being like, this is good writing. <laughs> and now I've that author has like four or five books out. I've read three of them. Um, mm -hmm. I just read one of his that. Do I think I think the empty man kind of fucked me up. Um, <laughs> don't worry, it still segues to to the ritual. Um, I've never done well with cult shit ever, and I I read one of this dude's other books just a couple months ago, and it's all about this cult. This guy's going around. He's videographer, documentarian, right? And he's making mm -hmm. this documentary about this cult that's like dead and gone but he's making this documentary about it and because he gets hired to do it and mm -hmm. i was reading the book and i was just like what the fuck because i was thinking of the ritual and i was thinking <laughs> of like hereditary and the empty man and just being like i don't do well with cults why mm -hmm. am i putting myself in this shit and when i finished the book there were definitely times reading the book i was like this is gross. Why am I still reading it? But like, this is a good book, so I'm going to keep reading it. Mm -hmm. I don't do well with that shit. But the ritual was deeply disturbing to me, especially in the final like third of that story. And it's supposed mm -hmm. to be deeply disturbing and deeply just effective. Um, I would not do well in that situation. I know that for a fact. I... <laughs> At all, <laughs> at all. Yeah. 
yeah i it's one of those movies that i love so much i would be interested in reading the book and i don't read that many books yeah um, but i do think that if if adam neville's novel is anything like this movie then i think it would be great or even better um yeah, the, yeah there's the, some crazy shit in that book the choices of the people and the the aspects of it that you alluded to mm-hmm. the cult or worshiping of this forest deity or whatever it is um is dark and effective but then just the thing and how it looks and how it behaves and 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 what it does i guess its intelligence is is incredible yeah. i knew that the empty man fucked you up when uh i think you watched you hadn't seen it before when we watched it for the episode where we talked about the whole movie yeah. we did a whole episode about the empty man which people haven't seen from 2020 um like six months ago like a year and a half later after we did that episode <laughs> or whatever you, you text me you're like Hey, do you have the empty man? Because I kind of want to watch it again. <laughs> you I was it like, oh, he liked it. <laughs> I did. I I told you I had liked it when we did the deep dive into it because that was the first yeah. time I'd seen it and it fucked me up. Um, <laughs> I've watched it a few times. It's now streaming on Hulu or Netflix. It's on one of the stream sites now. Yeah. And it's actually streaming well. It doesn't have like the huge stream numbers, but it's doing well enough where it's starting to show up on more stream sites more regularly mm-hmm. um, that I've noticed. So I, I watched it again. I think um, we talked about in that episode that yeah, I don't do well with very cults. likely could be a new cult classic. And so I'm not surprised if it's it needs to be the empty man deserves a huge audience. It's such a good movie. It's such a good movie. Oh, fucking empty. <laughs> well, that's our list, guys. Uh, I would say I I, always, I feel kind of weird about mine because I feel mine was super predictable for the most part. And I feel kind of bad about that, but not really, because I love my movies on my yeah. list. Uh, Jake, your <laughs> list was a bit different than what I was expecting for for some of it like i had a good feeling about a, a handful of years but mm-hmm. uh yeah i ch- did admittedly cheat a little because i didn't have hereditary which was an obvious one or as above so below which is an obvious one mm-hmm. or i had other i feel probably obvious ones like cabin in the woods which we both obviously love but I did think that Cabin in the Woods is a lot like Scream and that it's great for its meta nature, really fun, not really scary. Um, mm-hmm. So I, for a lot of those, I kind of left them off and yeah, chose yeah. more more horrific, hoary, horror, hoary? That's not a word. Horror-ish movies that I felt deserved the spotlight. <laughs> <laughs> Well, what honorable mentions would you uh, would you toss out there then? Uh, on the topic of cults that you hate, um, I would have to say I really, really wanted to try to fit the invitation on. Dude, that movie. Okay, I don't get scared, but the invitation <laughs> is yeah. no, no, no. Great movie, <laughs> but no, like not yeah. even a little. It's bit, like. No. 
The Invitation is one of those movies that has stuck with me so much, like The Ritual, like these other ones. So I put it way up there. Um, it's like if you were invited over to somebody's house for a nice dinner, and then it would be bad enough if they were like pitching you a mid-level marketing scheme or something like that. But instead of that, it's actually a cult um, that they want you yeah. to join. Yeah, The Invitation uh, is... It's that great. movie. I watched that movie once. And when the <laughs> end credits touched. rolled, I was that was one of those movies where I was like off the couch, like gross, gross on every level. <laughs> nope. Nope. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I like I like it so much mostly for the ending. That the ending yeah. just explodes the scope of it, and I'm like, oh my god, I love this. So <laughs> yeah. highly recommend the invitation. <laughs> Um, I really love the crazies. The yeah. original George Romero crazy, the crazies is really, really good. Um, shockingly good for as early as it was. And then the remake I really like as well. Um, mm -hmm. I think the remake of the crazies is also really good. And then 28 days later, of course, um, yeah. which I think I've praised before that movie is a classic and, uh, I'm, I'm, I love it every time. Another one that's not talked about a lot, but I just remember being creeped out by significantly um, is Session 9. Dude, that's a great movie. Like, it's no one great. knows about Session 9, but Session 9 yeah. is legit. That's one of my honorable mentions. That movie's great. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's one of those. I love, I really like, I like ghost adventures. I like these reality shows where they do, like, ghost hunting yeah. at... Uh, at like places like and this is at like a sanatorium like a mental <laughs> they filmed the facility. movie at the sanatorium <laughs> yeah like yeah. that's the real and it's place. about these guys that are just like doing construction there but then find these old tapes and start playing them back of like these patients there and it, it's very creepy and very very good mm -hmm. um and then i would say my last honorable mention is green room which is a kind of a different kind of scary but about this punk band that ends up playing a Nazi punk bar and getting trapped there. That movie's intense. It's scary. Yeah. It took me a while to watch that one, not through hesitation or anything. I just, it was one of those where it was like, I got to watch this movie. Yeah. And then I kept finding other movies to watch. Um, but green room is that's an intense movie. <laughs> I could see people arguing that one, not being horror. And just yeah. more of like the thriller drama side. Um, but Nazis are terrifying. Yeah. And uh, and I think just the hopelessness of the situation that you're like, there's no way we can get out of here alive. Yeah. That's horrifying. That's, that's up there. Green Room's effective. That's an effective yeah. movie. Well... Like I said at the start, my list of honorable mentions is far too long to just go and list every single one. So mm. I will try to narrow things down just a just a bit. Um, yeah, I feel like Dog Soldiers needs a wider <laughs> audience. That it for yeah. werewolves. That movie is so cool. It's so well mm -hmm. done. The effects are great. The look of the werewolves is awesome. They're huge. Uh, and it, it, it's kind mm -hmm. of intense. 
it has its intense moments. The kitchen scene is awesome. <laughs> it's so much fun. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think that one deserves a, a bigger audience. Um, I kind of found myself recently like kind of wanting to take a step back from I know the the extra cerebral or the elevated horror is the new huge thing. And yeah. I'm a fan of a lot of it, but I found mm-hmm. myself kind of erring on a side of caution with it. Mm-hmm. because I feel that the farther we go into elevated horror, the mm-hmm. quicker we become very pretentious with the genre and the genre mm-hmm. should never be pretentious. Yeah. I think we need movies that are easily picked apart and kind of silly and like, okay, whatever. Mm-hmm. Because that kind of helps ground the genre back, right? Like, gives mm-hmm. us some some equilibrium so there's a it's called lights out i'm definitely going to give that movie credit lights out is a blast <laughs> it's yeah. interesting it's weird but it's well made um it is not elevated horror it is just straight haunting kind of style film uh with a little bit of a, a twist to that um uh, and then uh <laughs> i'm gonna throw a sequel out that i am like this movie deserves way more credit than it ever gets but it is a highlight in this franchise annabelle creation is a legit movie like that is a legit oh really horror film okay yeah i haven't watched all of the like conjuring verse annabelle movies i've watched really the main one honestly the only two you really should stick with is the first conjuring and then oddly enough the prequel annabelle creation creation does awesome tricks it does a lot of fun little things um and it has a few surprises in it which i really respected and i feel the fact that it's a sequel in this big conjuring universe it got kind of like shit on and just oh whatever yeah. But it is far superior than the vast majority of that that franchise. And then okay. I brought it up during the Final Girls episode. I'm bringing it up again because I realized it is... You know how you got obsessed with Yellowstone when you watched that for the first time? And like every yes. episode you were like, well, I rewatched Yellowstone again because it's just <laughs> so good, right? I've watched the series like four or five times, yeah. Right. I I have found my yellow stone. Okay. Terrifier 2. I am <laughs> fucking obsessed with this movie, Jake. I, you just I, saw it last episode. Dude, I I have watched that movie like five times now. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. I can't stop watching it. I like I found myself kind of at a place where I was like, okay. I'm pretty set on my notes for the guest spots that we got coming up. I was like, I have like some gaps where I don't have to rush right into the next prep. And I was like, so let's Mm -hmm. just grab another movie and let's just watch another movie. I'm looking at everything scrolling. I'm like, no, I'm watching (laughs) terrifier two again. (laughs) But like, (laughs) no, I'm obsessed with this movie, dude. It's, 
Is it just I know why. Terrifier 2 or is it help that you watched all Halloween? It helped that I watched the Terrifier others. But Terrifier 2 specifically. And I, I don't think it relies on the others. There's mm-hmm. They're just fun to watch just to have the extra context. But Terrifier 2, legit, like, it, man, it sparked this whole love, like, Ready or Not did for me. It just, it okay. ignited. I've been, like, excited because it has every aspect of the genre that I love, and it's all mm-hmm. jam-packed in this two-and-a-half-hour, just what-the-fuck-am-I-watching movie. It's so good. It's so good. I Like, I haven't been this excited about a horror film in a very long time. And they're re-releasing it in the theaters in November with the trailer for the third one. And I was like, legit, I went to work and legit was telling coworkers like, oh, my God, Terrifier 2 is like going to get released <laughs> with the trailer for the third one. I can't fucking wait. Ah, like, <laughs> dude, I, it's crazy to me because when That's I heard awesome. the like all the hype on it earlier in the year, I mocked it. I was like, I bet this movie is mm-hmm. just trash. And here I am, like, I can't get this movie out of my head. I just can't get it out of my head. It's so good. It's unreal how good this movie is. At least to me, it's it's that good. But okay. I promise I will not, like, go full Yellowstone about it with you. Where it's every episode <laughs> I, I bring it up. You're, it's a safe space. I mean, if you want to, feel free. Because <laughs> I'm still going to talk about Yellowstone. Let me put it this way. I could barely sleep after that first time watching it because mm-hmm. I was so happy and so excited that I was just <laughs> like, Oh my God, <laughs> like yeah. someone got it. And it's this like super indie guy who did this all on his own. This is just so amazing. And then, oh, art, the clown is effective, by the way, he's effective. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, it's so good. That's it's awesome. So good. <laughs> Man, I right. I love getting movie recommendations, and I feel like I have a lot of homework coming out of this episode because I need to see <laughs> Terrifier 2. I need to see Annabelle Creation. I need to see uh, Trick or Treat. I need to see A Nightmare you on You should Amsterdam, watch Dead Silence because that Silence. movie, it's. Yeah. Like, All Dead Silence is just. It got shit on a lot when it came out, but it is. It is unique. It's fun. It does a lot of stuff that mm-hmm. you recognize, but it does it in kind of unique ways. And just oh, it's, it's it's a good time. It's a good time. I like good times. I'm here for it. Yeah. So tell us your guys' uh, uh, favorite horror movies, what your, your go-tos are during the spooky season. We want to hear about it. Uh, if you think we're crazy for yeah. some of our picks, you can let us know. We'll probably laugh at you, and or if you tell have you wrong, um, new, <laughs> if you have a new crazy horror movie that you think will finally scare Dustin because he's never been scared before, um, or that I would like because I like being scared of things, let us know that as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Send me, uh, send me challenges. Um, mm-hmm. As long as we'll keep it within like limited. <laughs> Because you're gonna get challenges and they're gonna be like oh my god did you see some movie that you think is so mundane and dumb and boring <laughs> and they're like and it's like gonna be like a big mainstream movie like no obviously i've seen it and 
it's not that scary. That's going to be the People answer. People are going to try and tell but, me that the Nun 2 was scary, and I'm going to be like, no, that movie was yeah. trash. <laughs> <laughs> right. He might shit on it, but we still want you to let us know because there's always that gem out there. There like is. The Empty Man. Yeah. <laughs> the Empty Man's so good. Go find The Empty Man. It's streaming again. Uh, I can't remember where it's on or what it's on, but find it, watch it. It deserves the audience. Google It's Mouse. so good. It's so good. Yeah. Uh, do the subscribe so, yeah. to our channel. It helps everything out. Uh, comment, like, do all that, that good stuff. Right. Did I say all that correct? Yeah. Uh, you said words that sounded like they should fit there. So that makes sense to me. Uh, yeah. We're doing the John Carpenter next week. Check out our guest episodes. And I think that's about it. I think that's it. Thank you, everybody. We appreciate you and uh, enjoy the movies. We'll see you next time.